Make sure you have your old business and new business clips. I'm ready. Keep keep me <laughs> like 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 slap me or something like that just to get me ready for it. Because right. I have the, I have the clips. All I, right. Well, old business and new business are right in the front. Old business is old business, and new business is new business. I fucking love Raul Julia. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching this 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 thing um this this list on on what culture and it was the the it was like nine terrible roles it was like nine great actors whose last roles were terrible and number one street fighter and number one though shop phone number one though was fucking Orson Welles as Unicron from Transformers. I was like, no! you sh- like, you shit your whore mouth. Yeah. That movie was great. Uh, like, how do you think you are? Seriously. <laughs> like, that movie was... How dare you? Like, it was, trans- it was Transformers. You couldn't expect greatness from Transformers. But in and of itself, it was great. <laughs> I love that movie. Hey, how dare you? Yeah, like, I'm still mad at the fact that, like, every single time they re-release on DVD, I never I never catch it. Because you have a copy of it. Yes, I most certainly do. I think I, I had a big bar of steel to get that somewhere. And I don't. And I need to get a copy of it before, like, you know, every five years they're going to break out a new a new version of it. But You know what just recently went to the theaters? What's that? Um, it went into theaters again for like a, a limited edition run, like like one day. It was um the Transformers movie? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm not, I'm not surprised about that at, at all because it was actually a very entertain, entertaining movie. Better than the live action one. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. <laughs> the, the list I watched recently was uh the the nine actors or whatever number of actors who do the same thing in every movie and that's Owen Wilson doing wow wow and like he he's even made mention of it in in twitter things saying like I don't say it that much but like there was a montage of every time he says it in movies it was like Wow! Wow! It's like, dude, you really do say it a lot. Like, holy shit! All right, <laughs> kind of like you know, James Hetfield and ah, and Rob Rob Zombie and yeah. That, that's that's actually another thing that that has nothing to do with anything important. But Harvester of Sorrow was playing on the radio yesterday. I was like, of all the songs, like, okay. We we we've all accepted that that Master of Puppets is a masterclass of heavy metal, but of all the songs on Injustice for All, the one that gets played the most is one. But to hear Harvester of Sorrow on the radio, I was like, really, like, what, <laughs> what? Like how? When did when did that happen? When when did that start? Because you know, it was never made a single. I was gonna say because I was just reading something about Justice for All because it celebrated its thirtieth anniversary just yeah. recently. Oh, how how old do you feel? <laughs> really fucking old. <laughs> but uh, they were saying that the, the singles were one and Eye of the Beholder. 
Really? Yeah. Eye of the Beholder I, is one of my favorite tracks on the Harvester album. Harvester of Sorrow is my favorite track on that album. I, I, I think... I, I mean, Harvester of Sorrow is, is a great track, for sure. But I think that Eye of the Beholder is, is better as far as just general enjoyability. Um, but I do feel that Harvester of Sorrow is also more commercial-friendly. It's a little bit more of that slower pace. Yeah, it's um, got this. It's got a, a very um, sad but true vibe to it. Like the, yeah, the, the beat and the and the tempo and the pace to it is very sad but true. Yeah, which obviously you know some three years later, two years later yeah. would come to dominate airwaves to and to this day, of course. But it was just weird because of all the tracks. Like even, I would expect them. I would expect the single. I would expect the, the title track to be more of a radio song. And justice for all. Yeah, like even no, that. I don't know about that, that one. That, I mean, that's, that, a, that's a. It's uh, it, it's it's a it's a push, but I mean. I mean, Tarvisor Sorrow is pushing that six minute mark. That's kind of like, yeah. You know, it's not Bohemian Rhapsody, so we can't say like, "Oh my God, six minutes is no- is like nothing for a single." Blah blah blah. Yeah. But you know, trying to push the title track, which is nine minutes plus, on people. Well, then Master of Puppets, the title track is eight minutes, so it's you know. And and yet both of them work. Yeah. Both of them could be considered singles. <laughs> so, so let's, let's start, start our podcast. <laughs> we just had our discussion in the beginning of the podcast before we even started. <laughs> I need to find the actual uh, intro. <laughs> oh. Wow. Well, this is totally not Danzig, and you're listening to the Shred Shack. Wow. <laughs> I have no idea where I'm going to cut into that one because that was great. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I, don't have, I don't even have the intro. So, Chris, read the intro for me. Oh, my gosh. Greeting, folks. I'm Chris Mack. And I'm Dan Mack. Welcoming you to episode 94 of the Shred Shack Podcast, your premier source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal, airing every other week. On iTunes, Mixcloud, and Google Play for now. Yes, that is that is becoming a thing. We are doing this back, back to being every other week on on your premier sources of downloadability, as well as on YouTube at YouTube.com/slash/TheShredCheck and YouTube.com/slash/AdamAndsTeplum. That's me. Let's get started with some old business. All right, you don't need to get this ready, so I have this sort of ready. So, because uh... I have old business. Old business is old business, and new business is new business. Flawless. Well, so here, I got an idea after uh, we were talking last week about yes. Stradivarius, because we talked about, we thought that they might have had a female singer <laughs> at one point. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I took an idea from a show that I used to watch on ESPN called Pardon the Interruption. And they would go through their entire show, and the last bit of the segment would be, Errors and omissions, mm-hmm. where they would have a guy who was keeping track of the show come in and like you said this, it's actually you know it's actually this okay. you know 
kind of like just catching this, like fixing the errors of the show. You so, done fucked up, basically. Yeah, pretty much. So what I uh, figured is that we'll do some follow-ups. Okay. Because there's also been times on the podcast where we say, oh, we should follow up on that, and we never do. So now I have a pad and paper here to keep track of this shit, and our first follow-up is that Stradivarius never had a female singer. Are you sure about that? Their current singer, Timo, has handled lead vocals since 1994. Really? We have been. We may have been thinking about another band. Possibly, because I I could have thought that I I could have sworn that, that Timo left the band at some point and they got a female. No, they singer. had they had a they had a singer prior to Timo, but okay. he has been handling league vocals since 1994. Okay, all right. Well, I, I'm 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 okay with being wrong there for various reasons but going forward these are the kind of things that we sh- we will try to follow up on when we talk about it yeah and, and obviously if if folks who are listening catch these things let Please us know let us know yeah because we we always like to be in the know of of actual fact as opposed to things we've made up or things we've heard or anything like that yeah we like to we, we like to be in the know and we also so. like to know that people are listening yes yes that, <laughs> that that is another great thing too which is always a wonderful feeling actually oh, always like, hey well i, I think it was as of after our Last podcast two weeks ago, we did cross the nine hundred per the nine hundred likes mark on our page. Yes, yes, we did. Um, we we are aiming for a thousand for this year. We are hitting the end of of August, so we have what, four, four months. Four months. September. October, uh, November, so we'll September. see how that goes. But I think that with our videos on Nightwish and Ghost, two high profile names, I think we should definitely. Score some. Well, we're up to nine oh five right now, so yeah, you know, um, feeling good about that. Yes, it's been it's a, it's actually been very very nice to watch our, for lack of a better term here, our empire grow. <laughs> also, big shout out to uh, Billy from Painted Black Podcast for being number nine hundred for us. Yes, yes, you you asked me like what that the day of. Like what? Who is who is number nine hundred? And I told you because we got it shortly after I sent them the invite. I sent the invites to him and Brian Katz, both of Painted Black Podcast, who like our page, and he was the first one to do it. And then we got an immediate little surge, which, which tends to happen. Like yeah. we we sit there on 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 the verge of of a of a rounded number, and then suddenly it just goes up by a lot, very fast. <laughs> And I hate it, but I love it. Yeah. All right. Um, so go on. So going on. So our last discussion in the last podcast was about uh, Tim Lambesis and As I Lay Dying returning to the stage. Yes. We had a lengthy discussion about that. Well, despite what Dan feels. Despite my feelings. It would seem that many European fans of As I Lay Dying are already ready to forgive the band's frontman Tim Lambesis as a number of venues on the band's December European tour have been upgraded due to, quote, high demand. What? What's that? I hate it. I hear all the coins. I hear the dollars being spent on seeing this show. Well, here's the other thing about this is that much like the European leg of the upcoming tour, Mm -hmm. dates have begun to sell out for As I Lay Dying's North American tour. Okay. The band have announced that their shows in Phoenix, Dallas, and uh, Pomona have all sold out in advance. 
again, I'm not really surprised for for the following that the band had. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that and the controversy yeah. that comes with a band now. <laughs> yes, I'm not. I'm not surprised at all that that they would they would sell out these these places toward and. Again, we don't necessarily know what places they're selling out. They could be smaller places. Well, they... I mean, considering that the place that they they're playing here in San Antonio, I never heard of. I mean, it might be even smaller than like you what's know, what's the place here in San I don't remember. Okay, but uh, it's not it's not like they're playing the Rock Box or Alamo City Music Hall yeah. or Aztec Theater, you know, or even the well, Majestic. Well, they're I, not playing I, any I, of those places. We had uh, we had. We had Pete here last week for uh, for SummerSlam, and I asked him if he had ever heard of the Guillotine, which has becomes kind of this premier death metal, harsher metal um, venue for for San Antonio. He's he's never heard of it, huh? But is it up and coming? Is it like I think I had never heard of it until recently, and the only reason I've ever been to it is because it is now the the home area for heavy metal wrestling. Oh. It's, it's where they do their shows. But I haven't yet to see a show there. Right. But it's like, I was like, how, how could this be that, you know, this this fan of, of heavier style of metal had never seen this venue? Well, you know, there's maybe a band that, maybe he's just never seen a band that he likes there. Yeah, perhaps. I mean... Even even the venue is like, like it's the upstairs of a different place. Ah, you know, kind of like, like Bonds. Kind kind of, but Bonds at least has their name on the outside. Yeah. Like when we went there the second time, um, there was a guy there with his with his kids to see the wrestling show, and the bar itself is called Silver Dollar. Uh-huh. But if you go upstairs, it becomes quote unquote the Guillotine. It's weird. Um, so I don't really know what to make of that necessarily, but it does seem like a pretty cool place to see a open show, like open floor show. Well, see, this is the first thing I'm gonna write down in our follow ups. I'm gonna try and do some research and see if I can find anything about the guillotine here in San Antonio yeah. and find a little bit of history on it. Yeah, it, it has to be fairly recent because, like, even even when I was keeping my ear to the ground as much as possible, like. It never came up, right? But now it seems to be the place cool. for for death metal bands, like even even beyond Bonds, because Bonds, I feel like is is like excuse you, dog. <laughs> uh, I feel like it is like the 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 secondary step, whereas like the guillotine is the first step. Bonds is the second step for a lot of these heavier bands. They have a lot of those the 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 the, the logos you can't read. Yeah, that's those. where a lot of folks go is Bonds, <laughs> and that's where a lot of folks seem to be going is the Guillotine. Um, and that's new to me down here in San Antonio. Um, so hopefully your research will be. I'll do my best. Be fruitful. All right. So, Last bit of old news here is still talking about the Azalea Diamond. One of the things that we talked about about is like who would take a chance promoting this show, what venues would take a chance taking this show on. But the one thing we never talked about is who would be on this tour with them? Who would uh. be the support acts? So it was later um, revealed that ERA, 
is a band called Era, so E R R A, and Bleed from Within have been confirmed as the support acts for the European tour. The, Ameri- the North America tour has not been confirmed yet. I was as far as I, I know, I know nothing about these, these bands at all. So, so, but again, it was just a, a something left over from our conversation from the last podcast. Okay. I I can't say much here or there. So. All right. So now, clip. New business. New business. And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until next quarter. Next Thank quarter. you, Raul. We were just saying that Raul Julia is kind of awesome. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Especially yeah. as Gomez Adams. Yeah, yeah. That those even even the second movie, which is funny because like I mentioned Adam's family values to to Lindsay. I feel like she knows that one better. And I don't. <laughs> um Well, we actually watched the we, first we, one. We watched the original Yeah. As, as kids. kids we watched the original uh, a, a shit ton. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um but the the sequel, one of the sequels, because there are more than one, but no one really acknowledges anything after Fab Suddenly Values. Um, actually, Adam Suddenly Values is not a bad movie. I never saw it. It's, I actually never watched it. It's, it's decent. Um, it has Joan Cusack, which I have a personal heart on for Joan, Joan Cusack. Huh. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a decent film. It's not as good as the first. I will say that flat out, like no doubt in my mind. Um, I love that first film. Yeah, but Adam Sandler values is not actually a bad film. Cool. So, all right. So let's go on to just to some new business. And with new business, we typically talk about album releases, new album releases. Um, so I don't. Do we have new album releases? I think I saw you had some. I have four. Which, from the it, last... which is a return to form. Yes. Uh, let's just let's just let's just bow it. It's a return to form. <laughs> Unfortunately, all of them were from last week. I didn't get a chance to do it this week. Okay. Well, but they're, that's they're, still. I want to give you guys a list of of things that came out this past week that I would definitely be looking into later on. Take note, nerds. All right. First one up, of course, is the newest Alice in Chains, Rainer Fr- Rainier Frog. Or Rainier Fog. Fog. Sorry. Um, actually, that, that was part of that was going to be part of my segue is because I actually bought the album. Oh shit! Um, I I took Lindsay's car into uh, Walmart and or into Pet Boys and is the Walmart next door, and they had the album on sale. Oh. which is amazing because like I'm so used to being so disappointed by places like Target and whatnot not selling the things I want. Right. Um, but I saw it there and it was ten dollars. I was like, yes. Um I don't think I've I've stated I'm sure I've mentioned it once or twice before, but I don't think I've I've meant I've mentioned it in full extent. But Alice in Chains is an important album to me personally because it's one thing that you, me, and our father all kind of agree on. Yeah, as being a spectacular band. Yep. Um, Growing up, that was like the that was like the one band that the three of us shared. Yeah, we could, we could all go to that, and we could all be one of the more modern bands because we we talked previously on the podcast about the album Bridge of Size. That was the other album, the other yes. thing that the three of us 
completely agreed on. Um, actually, very recently, I think I mentioned this to you. He, he uh, uh, dad sent me a message saying that mom was away. Oh yeah, and yeah. he and he was he was sitting to Bridge of Sighs, and I said, I'm pretty sure I have that on three different mediums. If I played it on all three at the same time, I wonder how it would sound. <laughs> he told me to do it. <laughs> So oh yeah, that, that's that's that, that's the, the the mentality we have going into this. Yeah. Um, but with Alice in Chains, it has been even. I can't say he's listened to the last three albums necessarily because they're the ones post Lane Staley, which you know I still. I I think that was one of the first rock star deaths that I actually sat there and could legitimately mourn. Yeah, that was uh, rough. Yeah, because I listen to any older Alice in Chains, even however many fucking times you hear Rooster on the radio, and I can still be amazed by what I'm hearing. Alice in Chains, I think, personally, was the best of the entire grunge movement. Yeah, definitely the unsung heroes there. Yeah, I, I I've made that argument before, and I will fight to the death for for that argument. Alice in Chains are worth every goddamn penny. Um, and even now with their, their with their new singer, they are really good. I mean, so far all all like the last two releases have been very good, and everything I've read so far about this newer release is very positive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's nothing that for, for what that's worth, you know, going now, into it, I, I expect a lot. Now I, 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 I have the album, like I said, I bought it, but I haven't actually listened to it. Dog, <laughs> do not have on my microphone. Good. Um, now I haven't listened to it yet because I don't have a legitimate stereo. So I have to put it on my iPod. Mm-hmm. So I haven't heard it yet. So, yep carry on with your thoughts okay here we go well i haven't listened to the, the new one yet um but for this past week the couple of things that are coming out or that came out uh, of note would be non-point they just released their album x probably meaning 10 i'm not 100 percent sure um, the amity affliction that came, they just released a new album um i'm not really familiar with them but it's just the name I, that i know um but as far as this week that looks like to be about the, like the the top ones, okay. But going into what I actually did get a chance to listen to, uh, released on August fourteenth, this uh, band is called Dance with the Dead. The album is called Loved to Death. So I found this on MetalSucks.net's Synthwave Sunday column, and it's also via their Bandcamp page. Okay. All right. So these guys are a synthwave duo from Orange County, California. Is is this the one you sent to Pete? Yes, it's the one I sent to Pete. Okay. All right, I'm not sure how many releases they have, but their Bandcamp page has a digital discography available that has eight releases included. Wow. All right, but this, this is definitely for fans of the revolutionized synthwave scene that has been making waves in recent years. And if you didn't get into Stranger Things for the show, but you love the music, this is right up your alley. Wave. <laughs> <laughs> there are some really heavy parts here. There's some driving guitars and lots of melody. Um, where some of these bands can tend to get a little repetitive, I found myself engaged throughout the entire record, and I highly, highly recommend everyone checking this one out via Bandcamp. Okay. Dance with the Dead, Loved to Death. It, right. it sounds... 
It, it sounds so sexy. Oh, dude, there are some really good, good sexy parts there. But like, I think the most impressive thing about it mm-hmm. is that like when sometimes when we talk about like synthwave, we talk we usually typically hear about like the synthesizers and stuff like that. But there's a lot of really really good guitar work on this not just like solo stuff and melody stuff but riffs too like okay it's a very good mix of heavy and synth like okay. i think that it could like it's really really fucking good i can't really know more how way to describe it than mm. just you have to check it out it's okay. really good I'm, I'm okay with that all right next up uh released on 817 so last week was exocrine and their album Molten Giant. I found this one on Metal Injection's Tech Death Tuesday column. Jesus As you can assume, this is a tech death metal band from France. This is their third album in four years, and it's full of ferocious riffs, blast beats, and technicality that'll make any fan of the genre gooey in the pants. It's gooey. Yeah. From reading the review on Metal Injection, their last effort was marred only by production value, where this album does not have this problem whatsoever. Space is filled up and used to sonic perfection. Dan might not dig it uh, for the vocals, because they are all harsh and very much unrelenting. Depends on the band. But the musical prowess of the instrumental sections cannot be ignored. So it's definitely worth a listen to just for that. Okay. Right, just trying to fill in all of my categories here. So I got myself a synthwave band. I got myself a, a, a technical death metal band. Next up, also last uh, Friday, August seventeenth, uh, a band called A Dying Planet released their album Facing the Incurable, and I found this one on um, Metal Underground. It's a debut album for the new outfit spawned by twin brothers uh, Jason and Troy Tipton, known for their work in Zero Hero. Uh, synthesis, abnormal thought patterns, and more. Jeez, I was going to say. <laughs> All right, a very nice mix of prog and metal. There are some really heavy sections that kind of remind me of Nightmare World, who we reviewed way back when. Yeah. But then there are a, a few mellower parts in the likes of, like, Yes. Really? Clean singing throughout, so much more approachable for music fans like Dan, who prefer more melody and vocals. All in all, a very good effort. That, that, that sounds lovely. This sounds like something that would be really... Uh. In in your pocket, but that, that that sounds up my alley for yeah. sure. Cat, go away. All right, and last but not least, one of the bands I actually got a chance to listen to fully. Um, another album that came out last Friday, uh, a band called Zevius. The band the album's called Lowlands. I found this on MetalSucks.net. They're a proggy, jazzy, medley instrumental trio from New York City, featuring members of other equally tan- talented bands. Or so I've been read. Or so I've read. Hey. It's their fourth album, and just about everything I love about Prague and jazz rolled into not the heaviest package, but given the discomfort that you get from some of the dissonant tones and odd time signatures, still totally metal. Okay. That's the thing I've, I've felt about metal lately, is that... Hey, it's, no biting. Yeah, no biting cat. Um, is that the Prague side has found its way into the jazz side. And I can't argue with that, mm-hmm. because... In its most commercial ways, like for lack of for lack of better example here, Ghost and their the new album prequel and Miasma, where they end one of their best tracks with a saxophone solo. Mm-hmm. Okay, so these kind of things that are are more synonymous with jazz are becoming 
more synonymous with metal. And it's becoming a wonderful, wonderful fucking thing. Yeah, and the thing is, like, this is not the first time that we've been surprised by a saxophone solo. No, absolutely not. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm only because, I only mention this because I remember I was watching, rewatching some of our old top three videos. Okay. And one of the videos that I, one of the top three in my one from, I don't remember which month, and I forget which band it was, but it was like a thrash metal band with all of a sudden, boom, sax solo. Like, where the fuck did that come from? Um I've mentioned the same thing in the Tesseract album, Altered State, that have two songs with a really awesome saxophone section. And even Behemoth, you know, the, the quote-unquote extreme metal band from Poland, you know, they got some saxophone work on their stuff too, and it's just, it all works very well. Yes, it absolutely does. Um, which I, I think in part of... One of my upcoming reviews, I mentioned that like the people who think that that metal is just noise, yes, you do you do still have some level of argument there, but um, actually no, it's 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 for Helen Sycamore. They're they're actually one of my top threes for January. Which spoiler, haha. Um, the album itself, like it's so just very noise driven but suddenly there's a whole lot of saxophone for no reason and it it all works somehow yeah it's amazing it's 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 basically if if i'll i'll describe this the helen sycamore album as basically if if um rob halford in his day which is still to this day. Yeah. Whether whether you mean you, always. Yeah, you know, we will we will argue this if somebody has to fight me. <laughs> um, but even in, in the eighties, it's, it's like Rob Halford in in his in his prime, fronted an extreme metal band. Hmm. That's how this band sounds. It's amazing, like it's scary, amazing, because it shouldn't work, but it does. And that's what I like about metal is that it's always able to evolve. Whether or not the fans of it really want it to, it's able to incorporate these other things and still be very good. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's going to be a uh, an instrument that doesn't really quote unquote belong, like a saxophone. So that's what I love so that's it for new releases I actually listen to. But new things to be looking forward to in the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. I got Loudwire's little list here from uh, for 2018. Okay. August 31st, we should be looking forward to some Alice Cooper. He has a paranormal evening at the Olympia Paris coming that, out. That's, that's got to be a live DVD. Yes, it is. You... Uh, DVD, album, whatever. It's, it's still alive. Um, I heard the last album, and it's good. It's it's Alice Cooper. Um. Alice Cooper, I think, is timeless. No matter what time period you're in, even if I hated the last album, I'd say go pick it up just mm -hmm. because it's it's, it's Alice Cooper. Um, he, he's yet to do drastically wrong. So, all right. Uh, we also got a band called Conan, who we covered here before. They have a new album called As Existential Void Guardian coming out next month, uh, next week. Omnium Gatherum is coming out with a new album, The Burning Cold. Okay. Udo has his album Steel Factory coming out next week. The, the new album? I or believe is... it is. I believe it is. Really? I think. All right. 
Uh, that's for next week. But the week after that, September 7th is a big one because we have Alter Bridge who is releasing their live at the Royal Albert Hall. I believe this is the one they recorded with the orchestra. Really? Cause yes, that's, sir. That's kind of right off the heels of their other live album that they I, released. I'm pretty sure this is the one that they recorded with the orchestra. Uh, Cauldron is another band that we've covered here before. They have an album called New Gods coming out on September 7th. Mm-hmm. Clutch, Book of Bad Decisions. They're always a good listen. we got Corpaclani. I'm not even going to try to pronounce their album title, but they have a new one coming out. <laughs> yeah. All right, next up, we also have Metal Allegiance. This is the super group featuring in its ranks... Uh, Everyone. Mike, I Can Play That Portnoy. And Dave Ellison of Megadeth. But their album Volume 2, Power Drunk Majesty, is coming out on September 7th. It's called Power Junk. Drunk. Drunk. Oh. Power Drunk. I think it's Power Junk Majesty. No, like, no, no, no. That's, that's, that's Deadpool. <laughs> that sounds like a booty record. Yeah. Um, booty time. We, <laughs> put my balls. Nashville Pussy is releasing an album called Please to Eat You. Pig Destroyer is coming out with a new album called Head Cage. Saxon has their new album Thunderbolt, the tour edition, coming out, as well as Suicidal Tendencies, still psychopunk after all these years. That's that's probably like a like a revamp album. So we got that all coming out in the next two weeks, and we'll see what other underground stuff we can come up with in the meantime from yeah. my Facebook pages that I follow. Yes. It's actually a lot of stuff coming out. Yep. Actually, it's one of the hardest parts of doing the top three videos is is trying to keep up with everything. Obviously, we haven't made a top three video in a while, except for my my December one. But even the January one, I know what my top three for January is, but they're so good, it's hard to really, you know, decide on what to say about them. Um. I think I mentioned one of them to you. Uh, one of them was Hive Mind. And I said it was, you did a, mention it them, was yes. a cross between Symphony X and Seven Dust. It's like, yeah. how, do you, how do you verbalize the liking of that? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Very, very fucking hard. <laughs> it is difficult. Yes, because holy shit. Between Seven Dust and Symphony X, that's 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 a lot of uh, yeah. That's uh, a lot of love right there. Yeah, that that's a lot of blood to the dick. A whole so, lot. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's hard to 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 really minimize it and narrow to, things down. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, January and February we're narrowing down so I can get into March. But even then, like, every month this year has had a significant amount of great albums come out. And it's 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 difficult to catch up. So I, I'm hoping that I can get through that real quick, real soon, and we can get back to doing things on a on a timely basis. But Yeah, I'm hoping but, to to kind of join back up in the beginning of next year. But even but even then it's like it's 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 for good reason because these things that are coming out are so good. Yeah. So, um, so let's carry on to the news then. Well, what else have we been listening to this week? Oh well, um, mine's mine will be quick. Oh, go ahead. Um, I've been doing my iPod and shuffle. 
Mm-hmm. Um, which I actually got to a new record, which was 135 songs on Shuffle. Um, out of the 32,000. I was going to say, I, like, how many thousand? <laughs> out of the 32,000 that I have. My iPod, my main iPod, is actually my entire CD collection um, for the most part, and then some. Um, so 135 is, is, is a lot. Um, so between that, the new Ghost album, which we are currently reviewing, um, actually once you leave, I'm probably recording my part for the next video review. Um, I love that album. It's really good, and I'm mad. And I'm mad that it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you tell me the cheese was so good? I mean, yes, that's almost exactly it, because, like, was, were there previous albums similar to this? You know what? There, this album, it really is a culmination of, like, the last, like, couple of years. Because, okay. like, the first album was very much kind of, like, lo-fi. You know, you can see, like, the beginnings of where they are right now. The songs are catchy. You know, the, the Satanism and the imagery is very much in your face. Mm. Uh, far more in your face than I think it is now. Um but then, like with each subsequent album after that, you can f- you can just see the progression of them tightening up their sound, getting thicker sound because they, like I said, they were a little lo-fi uh, in the beginning, mm-hmm. but their their rhythm section has has just become something of a force. Mm-hmm. Their guitar, the the people who play guitars on each subsequent album might not necessarily be the same people because they're always the nameless ghouls, but they're getting better. And the songwriting, mm-hmm. the songwriting as a whole is is like leaps and bounds better. I, I will say that the new album prequel is cheesy as shit, but holy hell is it really fucking enjoyable. <laughs> well, you, you want to know how enjoyable it is? All right. When we're in the car, it's me, my girlfriend, and the boys. Uh-huh. We're trying to figure out something to listen to, and we usually take turns, and there's like so many, so many times I can go through YouTube and get their things because I'm driving. So, all right, here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn the CD player on. And it happened to be the Ghost album. I'm like, oh, shit. But no. Put it on, and everybody was into it. Even, like, you know, when, like my girlfriend tends to be a little religious, you know, the opening line to one of the songs is Lucifer whispering in your ear. And she wasn't bothered by it because the music was good. <laughs> yeah, no. But like, uh, even... even... As far as as any sort of um, r- religious person goes, that is the only, like I I know that in the past Ghost has been fronted by the the evil Pope and so on and so forth, but I, I barely get that feeling from this album. Mm-hmm. Even even like the the most the uh, the strongest track that I feel that kind of vibe from, which is "See the Light," which is my least favorite song on the album. Even that song, the chorus of that song is, um, every day that you feed me with your with hate, I feel I grow, I, stronger. I, I grow stronger. Yep. and it's like it's That's not one of my favorite songs. And, and it's, it's not even it's not even a matter of feeling like it's any sort of religious thing. It's just a general feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a general thing, and I, and like, I, I think that's what the strong suit of the band is now. Is that 
now that a lot like I, t- I mentioned last time yeah a lot of the mystique has been torn away yes absolutely we all know that Toby the, the sexy magician yeah, <laughs> Tobias Forge is the sexy magician we know this now yes and he and the fact is that now when he does interviews he does I am the man behind them he I am the character leading ghost yeah and he says it's a character so it's now again the mystique is is pretty much gone it's, and they're they're free to do to make it more of a show and more of an act. It's in a similar way that wrestling has been. Yeah. It's that, it's that we've, we've, we've torn away that veil. There is no hiding anymore. This is technically fake, and yet we are putting on a show for you. Yeah. So stop trying to ruin it. And we're going to do what we can to entertain you because that's what we do. And I think the Ghost has just stepped up that level uh, to being the like one of the next big bands out there, and I think in the next like two or three records, if they last that long, mm-hmm. they could probably strip away all of the satanic stuff and just be a really good rock band. They they don't even again with this new album like there's barely any sort of thing I that I, I can really say is satanic. Yeah, like it almost seems like if there's any sort of Satanism to it, it's more for a storytelling thing. Yeah. Um, what's track three, Faith? Track three, um, Faith, seems to be more about telling a story about a person, a character, a, a being who is above law and order and, you know, the lines like the accuser sends a bill and whatnot. It sounds like it's above character and it's just telling a story. Um, they don't need that that satanic yep they that that satanic edge, which I don't think metal needs that at all. Personally, I don't think. I mean, if if that's your thing, fine. I know that that um, King Diamond is a member of the Church of Satan, but if that's your thing, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um. As long as you're not just shoving it down our throats, which I don't feel this new this latest Ghost album does. Nope. So yeah, yeah. All right. Also, is that all you've been listening to? Um, and the other thing is, which I, I posted on my Facebook recently, was the Crash Test Dummies. Ah. Um. Random. Well, well, here's what here's what happened. Oh, listen- story time, everybody. Well, it's minor story time. I was listening to my iPod on shuffle, and it played two songs from the same album within like ten tracks, and I was blown away by it. And it was two songs from the same Crash Test Dummies album, um, and it was actually their last album together because they're not they're not a band anymore. Um, and for those of you who know who the Crash Test Dummies are, they are the band that did mm, yeah, um, singer's voice very really deep, deep baritone. Yeah, very. Uh, someone someone once um, referred to the album as being sung by a bullfrog. Ha! <laughs> okay. Okay. So the album itself is like I sat there and listened to it, and. Let's just say that if you're not having the best of days, don't listen to the album Songs of the Unforgiven because it's very, very downtrodden. 
like I'm so used to the band being kind of uplifting and and kind of almost happy, even ironically happy. But on this album, Songs of the Unforgiven, it's almost very downtrodden, almost suicidal. Like it's it's a very downer album, but it it's beautiful. And one of the best tracks on the entire album is a song called The Unforgiven Ones. And I put it on my Facebook recently because it's actually like a, a gorgeous fucking song. And most of the most of the album is kind of minimal. It's not it's not like full band. It's kind of like guitars and maybe piano and whatnot. It's very minimal, but. Lyrically, it's very, very dark, very deep, very personal, um, and it's like I said, I, I feel it's a very beautiful album. Mm-hmm. Um, and if if that's the one that they went out on, then that's kind of I feel like it's kind of telling in a way. But it's definitely one that even people who I don't think are fans of the band should should at least take a listen to the song. The one, the one track I mentioned, mm-hmm. just because, like, holy shit, like, that's, that's more than I was expecting from this band that almost seemed like a parody. Right. Now, I've always had respect for the band, and I had a lot of their albums, but I was not expecting this, this level of musicality to come from them. So, um, I've been listening to that album a bunch lately, just because it's so good. So... All right, so I've been doing, of course, the Ghost prequel album, uh, the newest Night Flood Orchestra, and the newest Tesseract album, the ones that you got me for my birthday. Yeah. But then just I got finally got back into the gym, so I have my iPod there, and I've just been listening to uh, Kown. Uh, if you remember, they released uh, an album a couple years ago that I particularly loved, the one that was about the um, – the hikers going into the mountains and coming back and never being found again kind of thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember that yeah. one. Um, I've been listening to some Huntress because we'll talk about that later. Pantera, just because we recently did the top 10, uh, 10 more reviews because Pantera, Elton John. Because Elton John. Well, it's just goodbye Yellow Brick Road. When, there's, when all else fails in my car when I have the kids, you put on Funeral for a Friend and let it go. Yeah, and that that starts the album, so yeah. you, you just kind of go, ah. Well, the unfortunate thing about my, let me do a little, you know, first world problem gripe here, is when I plug in my iPad, my iPod to my car, it's good to have. Okay. But the only problem I have with it is, is that when you go to like an album, it doesn't have the songs or play the songs in album order. They play them in alphabetical order. But that's that's something you can probably fix. I don't know, but it just bothers me. So instead of doing the alphabetical, I just put everything on shuffle. Okay. So, whatever. So it's a different it's a different mix every time I listen to the album. Okay. Which sometimes bothers me, sometimes doesn't, but whatever. I was gonna say, funeral for a friend has got to be one of the first tracks on the album. It is the very first track on the album. It's also the first track I start with. Yeah, I was gonna and say then even just, alphabetically then it just goes from there. Yeah. Um. Killswitch Engage, Gojira, Catatonia, and Queensryche. Just listen to whatever I got of theirs. So, Queensryche, I'm okay with. Well, I listened to I listened to some Operation Mindcrime this morning. Of course you did. 
because of course because it's perfect timing because the album ended and my workout ended at the same time so it's like hey that wins <laughs> yeah but that's that's it for uh, album releases and music stuff if you would like to go into general news, we'll get the bummers out of the way right away. Yeah, yeah. Just let, right. let me let me down right now. All right. Well, I have obituaries. Oh my god. I like... When you have a separate section for obituaries, it's like, man, dude, two weeks. We can't go two weeks. Can five. We... I have five. Can we have? Can we have nice things? No, we can't. Especially because we didn't. I don't think we had the only death we talked about was Vinnie Paul's death yeah. on the last one. So we've made up for lost time apparently Jesus here. Fucking... So first off is Huntress singer Jill Janis. Uh, she died by suicide. That one again. I'm not. I'm not a really a big Huntress fan. I thought but I, I I do recall this like them them quote unquote breaking up for a brief period or something like that, yeah, or well, like her leaving. She, she was only 43 years old, and she was. Very open over the years about her battles with not only mental illness in the form of bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, dissociative identity disorder, and alcoholism, but also physical illnesses in the form of cancer. Oh. She was diagnosed with uterine cancer in 2015 while Huntress was working on its third album, Static. She was eventually declared cancer-free after undergoing a hysterectomy. And then I believe it was either last year or the year before i don't remember but we talked about it on the podcast how she was leaving the band yes but then her guitarist who's also her boyfriend was like no she's not leaving the band she's not well you know she just needs help and she needs to you know kind of get back into where she, where she needs to be and again She's struggled with these for a very long time. Yeah. And again, bipolar, schizophrenic, dissociative identity disorder, and alcoholism on top of it. That's a lot of shit. Um, I'm sure it's, it was a lot for the band to deal with personally, but I'm sure it's a lot more for the person who's actually suffering through it to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, any person who is struggling with mental health definitely seek help like that's not me saying it as as a sympathy thing it's basically you're not alone but you if you're struggling you need the help we've had a very unfortunate rise in these in the past year yes considering Chester Bennington Chris Cornell Jill Janice and a couple others Hello. Hi. So, sorry, we we were uh, recording the podcast. Uh, no. Um, I got home, and I got home from the therapy and everything, and I was eating lunch, and then I was relaxing for a while watching YouTube videos. Okay. I just okay. Love you too. I, I have not been very responsive to her today. <laughs> so she's making sure I'm okay. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Yes, that's, that's, that's nice. Um, so yeah, now, despite that interruption, um, yes, anybody who is 
experiencing any level of mental mental struggle um, should seek some level of of guidance um, I'm talking on a personal level here um, I I would have personally had a problem with it for I, I personally had an issue with seeking any sort of help for a long time but it, it definitely has helped out um, so anybody who needs that level of quote-unquote clarity go do it simple as that because uh, we don't we don't enjoy reporting on this kind of shit no it's not it's no cool it, it's actually it's actually quite terrible to have to ha sit here and say this you know so we we want the best for those who deserve it so carry on Former Annihilator frontman Randy Rampage passed away on August 14th at the age of 58. The singer, whose real name was Randall Desmond Archibald, uh, was also a founding member, bass player, and occasional vocalist for the Canadian hardcore band DOA. Rampage appeared on Annihilator's debut album, 1988's Alice in Hell, before leaving the band. In 1999, he returned to the group and recorded one more album called Criteria for a Black Widow, after which he left once again to rejoin DOA. No cause of death has been reported. I don't know why you changed your name. That sounds so metal on its what, own. Archibald? Yeah. Randall Archibald? I Randall Archibald sounds like a fucking metal-ass name. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Damn! <laughs> uh, now, all I want to think about is Archibald Witwicky from... It was the grandfather in Transformers. Okay, you know, Yeah, I ruined it for you. You're welcome. Yeah, you know what? We, we, were, we were talking... <laughs> yes, in, I know. We were talking about Transformers before. <laughs> you got the touch! <laughs> man, man, man. Man. Get the power! Yeah! Just carry on. All right. You're scaring my dogs. I know I am. I'm sorry. According to TMZ, corn frontman Jonathan Davis's wife died on Friday, August 17th. She was 39 years old. She was a former girl-on-girl -girl porn star who married Jonathan in 2004. Uh, she and Davis, uh, Jonathan, had two kids together, Pirate and Zeppelin. Jonathan's first son from his previous marriage, Nathan, will turn 23 this fall. TMZ reports that Jonathan filed for divorce in October of 2016, citing irreconcilable differences. He also filed for a domestic violence restraining order, order earlier the same day that she passed away. The, the judge issued a temporary order blocking any child custody or visitation by Devin. The restraining order also prohibits her from having contact with the family dog, Chaos. In his court declaration, Jonathan alleged Devin was deeply involved with drugs, which she had struggled with for more than 20 years. He alleged that her drug use was causing emotional harm to the kids through neglect. He said that been uh, he said that he'd been dependent on both prescription and legal narcotics. According to the singer, she had been to rehab six times and is, quote, is constantly under the influence of the nitrous oxide, cocaine, and narco. According to the documents, Devin had been in a sober home but went missing last fri uh, the previous Friday, uh, August 10th, and hadn't been seen for a week. No cause of death has yet to be revealed, but I'm sure assumptions can be made. Yeah, I saw this one, and for the the one time I actually looked at my my news article stuff on my tablet, and any sort of drug related thing is just is is harsh to hear, just because 
it's hard to hear what kind of drugs are quote unquote like popular now or what's being done. You you, you said nitro, you said like nitrous, nitrous oxide, oxide, cocaine, and I don't know what narco is. Well, narco is is a is a pain med. Oh, okay. So if it's the same thing that, I, that I'm thinking of, it's a it's, it's a medication used for pain. But like I just sat there, I just sat here last night and watched um, the Fast and the Furious, and I was like, nitrous oxide was a big deal in that film, and you're telling me that someone just died of a uh, uh, potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a drug-related death that involved the same thing that they used to boost cars. <laughs> like that's that's harsh to hear. Mm-hmm. It's 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 hard to to really hear what's going on in the drug world nowadays. Uh, especially you know since I I I work with a a younger population who would have more. More knowledge and potentially more experience with what's what's the thing nowadays. Mm-hmm. And me being old as fuck and not knowing what what drugs are anymore. <laughs> all the all the pets seem to just love you right now. Oh, I don't know. Icarus has never been this up on me. It, it's it's what's actually up, buddy? it's actually feeding time, so he's probably oh like, he's pissed at you. Yeah, and he's taking it out on me. Probably. Wow, you. Have just you're just ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Well, we have two more to go. Okay. All right. These happened more recently. Hmm. Uh, this one I saw this morning. Uh, oh, Carlos Denoguian. I'm gonna go with his. He's the drummer for uh, Weed Eater. Uh, he passed away. I don't know how old he was. Uh, he joined Weed Eater in 2017 as a replacement for Travis Owen, who stepped down from the group due to health issues. No cause of death has been revealed as of yet. Again, this just happened this morning. Or okay. we just found out about it this morning. And last but not least, uh, Kyle Pavone, uh, who is a vocalist for We Came As Romans. Not a band I'm familiar with, but... That's a familiar name. Familiar name. He passed away. He was only 28 years old. Jesus. According to TMZ, Kyle was transported to a Michigan hospital uh, last Sunday, August 19th, and pronounced dead six days later, the morning of Saturday, August 25th. Cause of death for is pending a toxicology report, according to TMZ. Jesus fucking Christ. Mm-hmm. Can't stress it enough, folks. Yeah, just... Everything's bad for you. What, what's the? Uh, Do you ever hear the last album from George Carlin? No. Okay. Well, it's called "It's Bad for You," and the punchline is basically like, "It's all bullshit and it's bad for you." <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically like the whole spiel. Is everything he's going to talk about is going to be bad news, basically, <laughs> but it's all bad for you. Uh, and that's and that's really what it's been. I mean, for all the good things that we get as far as new albums go, we get a lot of bad news. Well, hopefully we can get into some good stuff. In yeah. Here. Yeah. So let's, right. let's. So you want to move on to some general news? Let's move on to some general news. Right, well, and give me, it starts off a little rough. Give me some sunshine and rainbows, you punk ass. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, but it's starting off a little rough. God damn. I'm sorry. All right, Striper guitarist Oz Fox. Now that is a metal name. Yes. Will undergo a brain opsy after he reportedly fell down during a concert last weekend. Uh, so it was probably- I thought you said we had good things. I said we're starting off rough. This is rougher than rough. 
All right. It's like sandpaper he, rough. He suffered a seizure while performing with Sin City Sinners Saturday night, August 11th, at Harris in Las Vegas, Nevada. He was immediately transported to a local hospital where medical personnel ran extensive tests to determine the cause of the seizure. Uh, I did see some follow-ups after this, and I believe he did. They did find masses in his brain. Jesus, fuck, dude. Okay, well, here here's the thing about that though, and we'll come back up to it. There is a crowdfunding page for him. We will talk about that in our crowdfunding section. All right, can we? Can we let's. You want to just move on? I want sunshine and rainbows, you punk ass. All right. <laughs> How about some Aerosmith news? You want some Aerosmith news? Is that sunshine and rainbows, or is that like you know? No, a, a because big because the last death. because the last thing that I heard from fucking Steven Tyler was terrible. Well, here we go. This is Aerosmith announcing their headlining Las Vegas residency. Uh, it's called Aerosmith Deuces Are Wild. Shows begin Saturday, April sixth, two thousand nineteen, at Park Theater at the New Park MGM Resort. Uh, Aerosmith's Las Vegas residency promoted by Live Nation and MGM Resorts International will bring you face-to-face with the band in one of the most immersive state-of-the-art audio and video technology experiences in Las Vegas. The show features never-before-seen visuals and audio from Aerosmith recording sessions. Grammy Award-winning producer uh, Giles Giles Martin, known for creating the soundscape for (laughs) the Beatles' Love by Cirque du Soleil show in Las Vegas, will create a spectacular show experience. Aerosmith has teamed up with THX and L Acoustics for their upcoming breakthrough residency at Park Theater to deliver the world's first THX certified live performance presented in LISA immersive hyper real sound. Jesus fucking Christ. In case you had a couple hundred dollars to spend in Las Vegas on the Aerosmith show. In case you just... I'm we've seen Aerosmith enough times. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, they I, haven't released anything n- new of note that I'd be willing to see. And, well, their last album wasn't terrible. It wasn't very good, but it wasn't terrible. Like I said, nothing new of note. Yeah, I mean, I will say this again: Steven Tyler's country, um, quote unquote, career. <laughs> <laughs> Can can get can get ten tons of fucked. (laughs) Ten tons of fucked. Ten tons of fucked because man, that song sucks. All right. So was that was that sunshine and rainbows enough for you? I'm. I'm, I got something else. I'm feeling better. All right. I got something else for you. Okay. Arch Matthews began as a reunion between founding Fate's Warning members John Arch on vocals and Jim Mathos on guitar. Okay. who hadn't collaborated since Archer's solo EP, A Twist of Fate, in 2003, and hadn't fully collaborated for a whole album since Fate's, Fate's Warnings, Awaken the Guardian, in 1986. Damn, that's old. In 2010, the duo began working on a record together and brought along three Fate's Warning members to the fold. Five members would, in turn, release their debut album, Sympathetic Resonance, in 2011, under the name Arch Mathos. Since then, Arch and Mathos have kept busy with other projects, but now the time has come for them to join forces once again for a new release due out 2019 via Metal Blade Records. Of course. Already featuring special guests Thomas Lang, Bobby Jarzombek, Jarzombek, Bard Colstan, Mark Zonder, Matt Lynch, Steve DiGiorio, Joey Vera, Sean Malone, Joe DiBiase, and Frank Aresti with more to come. 
This upcoming album is currently being tracked with Jens Bagren, who of course has worked with Fate's Warning, Opeth, and Devin Townsend, handling mixing duties in November. Delightful. By the way, George Zombeck is a name that you need to get familiar with if you're going to live down here. Because they are Texas residency. Oh. And they are very well known oh, around well here. Yes. So 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 get used to that name because So get your shit straight, motherfucker. Well no, it, it's one of those things where it's like even um I was mentioning before Howling Sycamore, the singer of that band is Jason McMaster. Okay. Okay. I had not heard of the name before moving down here, but since I moved down here, it's everywhere. Huh. So it's one of those things that's like because of the territory you're in, you need to know. <laughs> Jarzombek. Jarzombek is is the family. Like that that was that was part of Halford's backing band when he first became Halford. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, they 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 uh, well, the, the family name is well known, and around here especially, they are they are they are names. Well, seeing that we're talking about Halford, let's just go right to the next one because Rob Halford oh. has revealed that Judas Priest is planning to mark the band's. 50th anniversary Jesus in 2019 with a special celebration. <laughs> Who's feeling old? You old as fuck, bro. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I believe today, today, today. is the Metal God's 67th birthday. Which is, which is fine. No, which... He hasn't... I look older than him! <laughs> it's also true. He looks mighty good for 67. I know, right? <laughs> he right. looks good! All right, we're not done yet. All right, he says... He's quoted as saying, Yes, we are. He told Sarah Parker of Philadelphia's 93.3 WMMR radio station in a new interview. We're already having these discussions even now. And again... Oh, we're having these discussions every now and again in the band and with our label and our promoters and management. We have some ideas... And when we get close to solidifying something, we'll let you know. The thing is, like, a band like Priest and a, a musician like Halford, they don't need to prove anything at 50 this point. Years. 50 fucking years. Okay. Half a century as a band. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, they have nothing to prove at this point, so they don't have they don't have to do anything. They don't they don't have to celebrate the 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 50 year anniversary of the band. They don't have to celebrate any milestones at this point. They don't have to release new material, but they still do. They don't have to do a goddamn thing, but they still do. And if you don't appreciate that, then go fuck yourself. The question uh, would be, <laughs> will they get KK back? For the 50th anniversary. I don't even think there's a need for that. Like, you you, you don't need to have the well, original, the, the quote-unquote original I was going to say, because from what I read, the only quote-unquote original member of the band, the founding member of the band that's still in the band is Ian, the bassist. Yeah. yeah. He's the only one. Yeah. Even... Uh, I know I know Glenn Tipton, uh, Glenn Tipton's been on every album, but who knows? If, I don't know personally the the origin of of, of Judas Priest. I don't know how far well, they go back. Yeah, sixty nine. If they're celebrating their fiftieth anniversary in two thousand nineteen, you gotta you gotta stop bolstering that sound. Fifty years. <laughs> Oh my god, 50! But, like, it, 
I again, I I don't have to I don't have to I don't have to say it. They they have nothing to prove to anyone. They are Judas Priest. Uh-huh. Everyone knows who they are. And at this point, they have they they can they can leave the game, and that's fine. But it's Judas. Just fifty. Holy shit! I'm only thirty two, right? <laughs> For now. For now. For now. <laughs> oh, two months from now, I might be older. I don't know. <laughs> you're you're suddenly older. I don't yeah, know. I can't yeah. recall when that happened. Yeah, three weeks ago that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so funny when the kids see me. They're like, wow, Daddy, your beard's getting so white. I'm like, yeah, because of you. <laughs> <laughs> your face is about to get so red. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I tell the kids... This size for Gabriel, this size for William, the chin is for my stepdaughter, and the hair is for my girlfriend. Whereas me, I don't have hair anymore. <laughs> I lost my hair when I was 20. Oh, okay, moving on. Asshole. Marilyn Manson cut his performance on Saturday night, August 18th, at Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion in the Woodlands, Texas, due to reported case of food poisoning. According to Houston Press, Manson's tour manager escorted photographers from the pit prior to the start of the Shock Rockers concert, explaining that the singer was feeling very ill and did not want his picture taken. Manson, quote, gave it his all during the four-song set, even though he was, quote, mostly stationary and visibly shaking at times. Upon finishing Sweet Dreams, Manson collapsed on top of one of the monitors. Roadies could be seen on the side of the stage worriedly contemplating on whether or not to assist him. <laughs> this is not... Unfortunate, the unfortunate thing about this is that this is not the first time on this particular tour that this has happened to Mr. Manson. And given his history of most, substance abuse... Most recent history, yes. Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's not looking good. The, the thing is... The, the the way it was worded, which is the roadies were looking on from the side, worriedly wondering if they should be helping out. Like, damn, that motherfucker just fell on his face. <laughs> I don't know. Part, why. Is this part of the show? If we go there, is he going <laughs> to slap us? Is he going like, to like 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 teabag us on something? Like, what is going on? Exactly. It's like it's like you should be able to know. Like everyone should be okay. If this is a legitimate thing, if you're, you're you are actually in some sort of problem, you should let your staff know because these are the people that are getting paid to help your ass up. Not only that, but like guys like Manson, who are like you know again notorious for like their antics and stuff, they don't, they don't just have like assist. They have what they call handlers, you know, people that kind of keep them in check. Or, like, help them out of situations. The last time that I heard a, a, a sentence about handlers, it was from Lewis Black talking about George Bush. And it's basically like, like, like what is he, like a circus bear? That's what, that's the thing is, like, that's what these, that's what a lot of these, like, rock star celebrities, that's, that's what they need. Because for some reason, they just have no control over themselves. Get they the need, meat! They need handlers. No, it's it's not it's not even I I'm sitting here laughing. It's not funny though. Like if this is a legitimate thing that's going on, that's ongoing. That's 
that's not cool. And that's not, not cool for Manson himself. That's not cool for the paying customers who are going to pay to see his live shows. That's not cool. Well, the fortunate thing, if I, re- if I remember correctly re- when I read this thing, and I, and I use fortunate as like, you know, a light term here. Yeah. He wasn't the headliner of the night, that uh, night. He's, uh, he's co-headlining the tour with Rob Zombie. From what I understand, Rob Zombie was able to go on with his show without okay. a hitch. Okay. Um, the only thing is that changes that on this recent tour, Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson have been doing a duet of uh, Beatles' Helter Skelter. That's the only thing that he wasn't able to perform with Manson, but he was able to perform the song with, apparently, the crowd gave him a hand. Which, which is fine. Um, and, and in that regard, you have to give lots of credit to Rob Zombie, because if this is not... If if this is not a one-time thing, if this is a recurring thing, then you have to give him a lot of credit mm-hmm. for being able to to be the show must go on. Yeah, the show must go on. Like for lack of a better term here, to to show that professionalism and be like, okay, well this is this needs to happen. Or was it? Um, it was the Metallica and Guns N' Roses thing. Um, when James got burned by the <laughs> flames, got blew up. Yeah, he got he, he got, got blown up. <laughs> he got literally, literally blowed the fuck up by the goddamn stage pyro, which which still to this day scares the living fuck out of me. Well, um, you should also. Well, the last time I saw Metallica last year, like you can tell that he's still kind of skittish about it too. I would be too. Like, I would be to the end of just watching him because they're doing. Of course, they're doing Moth into Flames. Yeah, and they have this fire going back and forth on the stage, and like he's like on the exact opposite side. Yeah, of the I, stage. I would, I would be in the crowd. <laughs> like fuck that, because like I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm afraid of, of of fires out of control and stuff like that. I don't need that kind of shit in my life. <laughs> but when. Gunner Roses had the chance to step up and put on a blistering set. Put on a blistering set because of the fact that James Hetfield um, accidentally walked into a wall of flame. Um, Axel Rose apparently threw a fit and it was like, "I'm not being upstage. I'm not walking into a wall." Motherfucker lit himself on fire. How am I supposed to go after that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Almost exactly. <laughs> And walked off stage, and that, that was it. And it caused a, li- a literal, a literal riot. Like it actually, yeah. there was a riot. Um, but that's that's kind of what I'm seeing here. And the, but thankfully, there's 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 a level of professionalism, whereas whereas that was definitely not. Um, but Rob Zombie's able to sit there and say, "Okay, I gotta I gotta save the show." I'm hoping, I'm hoping that for the audience's sake. You got a longer Rob Zombie show. I don't. I there was no word about that. I, I really hope there was because, like, even if well, I think that was the cool thing when we saw who who was the one that who was the band that bailed out on the Symphony X show. It was Nightwish and Sonata Arctica. That was no. That that was well. There was there was an, the show that Nightwish couldn't play. Yeah, and Sonata Arctica played the headliner show. They played an extra 15 minutes. Well, then there was also the show that someone backed out of Symphony X show, and they got to play The Odyssey. Did they? We were there. It was, at the, it was at the Nokia I've Theater. seen them so many times. Uh, well, so. it was – I just remember this because it was you, me, and Pat, and when, you know, Triumph, the the champion of Ithaca came on, it was, it was the fifth fucking pumping moment. I've seen, I've seen them, like, 
eight, nine. I think they're. They We've are the, seen the Odyssey a tran- grand total of twice. That was the I, second time. I'm just saying, like Symphony X. I think I've seen them. Like they're, they're the second most band that I've seen live. Out of all the bands, really? Yeah, like wow. Iron Maiden's number one, of course. Of course, so we were the twenties. But for I that. think I think Symphony X I've seen eight to nine times. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> we just need a clip of Owen Wilson going, "Wow." Wow. <laughs> but yeah, like they, I've seen them on so many occasions because every time they come around on tour since the Odyssey, I've tried to catch them. Yeah. And they come around at various really, times. Really? I was gonna say they also come around here. Fairly frequently, don't they? Um, Have you seen them twice since you've been here? I've seen them once. Only once. Then I might be thinking about somebody else. I think Queensryche. You've seen Queensryche twice. Queensryche, I've here. seen twice down here. And yeah, okay. Queensryche, I've seen in total now three times. Three? Yeah, three. Because we saw them. We saw them with Jeff Tate still in the band. Yep. And I saw them twice without. Um. And by the way, if if. If the new Queensryche is coming to your town, go fucking see them. They're good. They're really fucking good. Just... Oh, uh, quick thing. Um, since I had mentioned... Since we had gone to see um, Operation Mindcrime, Jeff Tate solo, our friends from the 1UP Cup um, actually had them come into t- to their town recently. I was like, yeah, go see that show. It's a good show. Did they see it? I don't know, actually. Probably not. But I hope so because because holy shit, it was a good fucking yes, show. Yes, it was. It most because because was. they they agree that it's one of the best um, concept albums of all time. Yeah, it most certainly is. Absolutely. So. All right, all right. So we're done with general news here. Okay. Let's go all right. On. Let's go into. Remember, this is still a business. Oh God. All right. Def Leppard's current North American co-headlining tour with Journey has already surpassed fifty. Million dollars in sales. A lot of fifties. Based on box office totals from only thirty-three shows reported to Polestar, more than half a million fans have seen the bands play so far on the fifty-eight city tour, which launched on May twenty-first at Hartford's XL Center. The top box office count was logged by Denver's Chorus Field, which hosted the tour on July 21st and scored $3.8 million in sales from a sellout crowd of 44928 The final stop on the 20-week trek will be a two-night engagement at the Forum in Inglewood, California on October 6th and 7th. Wow. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I, I will give... Def Leppard credit for being. I'm just surprised that there's still such a big draw. Yeah, that that's forty four thousand motherfuckers went out and saw Def Leppard. That's that's like the numbers that they were selling out in their heyday. People, and they're still selling it. We, ha- we have a hard enough time selling out wrestling venues, and wrestling is still a big deal. But like Def Leppard, like and Journey, and and Journey, not even with Steve, Steve Perry. Perry. Who's making a comeback, by the way? Yes, I haven't mentioned any of that in our recent. He's podcast. he's he's. Pl- I know he's he's done come out and done some some things, some re- some 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 live things, which has been. Well, he's also recorded an album that's coming out. Uh, his first album in like a couple decades, apparently. I want to tell you something real quick. Oh shit, Steve Perry. I had <laughs> I had this great idea for a video oh, for God. for the shredded check, where. All it is 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 basically me coming up to you saying, "Dude, I got this great song that we can use as our intro 
for for whatever. And every single time, it's just me covering a song that already exists. And the first one that I thought of was um, Worlds Apart in several ways. <sighs> just playing the piano intro and just singing a song about the Shred Shack. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's straight up fucking golden. <laughs> it would be funny as fuck. All right. Well, that's it for business news here. Okay, good. All right, but now we have a shit ton of recording news. Good. Shit ton. Okay, gone. All right. Are you, like, oh, I thought you were, like, nestling in or something like that. All right. Warbringer released a brand new single called Power Unsurpassed as a strictly limited 7-inch vinyl single on August 24th and digitally on August 17th. It was limited to 300 copies. The vinyl is available only via Warbringer or Napalm Records online store. It was produced by Mike Plantikoff, Plantikoff, who's done In Flames and Fear Factory, and mastered by Howie Weinberg, who has done Slayer and Metallica. The album artwork was created by Hugo Juarez. These these, these little short-lived vinyl things always excite me. I don't know why. Yeah, I know. Oh, actually, before we get, we move on from this section, I'm going to make a mention of something that actually pertains to that. So, carry on. Okay. Cyrenia will release their new album, Arcane Astral Aeons, or Eons, at the end of October via Napalm Records. The follow-up to 2016's Dim Days of Dolar marks the band's second LP to feature French vocalist Emmanuel Zolden, who replaced Spanish singer Alien... Garcia two years ago. Okay. All right. Hashtag copy and paste here. Okay. <laughs> Years of anticipation are about to come to an end with the September 7th release of the self-titled debut album from Downpour. The band features members of Shadows Fall, singer Brian Fair, and Unearth. The album is available for pre-order through Downpour's Pledge Music Campaign, which offers fans a number of incentives and options. Packages include items and collectibles for every level of fan. The digital album, autographed copies, vinyl, a signed and handwritten lyric sheet, a signed drumhead, the band performing your house party anywhere in the continental U.S., and the nickel bag of funk, in which, Bri- in which singer Brian Fair will chop off a nickel bag-sized chunk of his infamous dreadlocks for the first time since 1995. <laughs> give, me, give me your towel, <laughs> Why? I don't, tr- I don't trust you. <laughs> no, give me your towel. I don't fucking trust you. Uh, where is this? Where is this? Okay. Years of anticipation! <laughs> We're about to come to an end! It's September 7th! Shadows fall! <laughs> Alright, Steiner, 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 Steiner. <laughs> What you sounded like <laughs> a sacrifice. You got a thirty-three to third chance. <laughs> get a nickel bag of funk. The numbers don't lie. They spell disaster for you and sacrifice. That's what you sounded like half the time. <laughs> did you see what Lindsay posted with the Wendy's doing that? Yes. Yes, I did. That was absolute fucking brilliance. Scott Steiner is now cutting promos for Wendy's Baconator. <laughs> At lunchtime. You and me, we go one-on-one. Me 75% chance. <laughs> That's exactly what you sounded like. We have divulged. Oh, oh my God. Oh, gosh. Woo. All right. Now that that 
that's kind of out of the way and mostly it's, it's, out of it's our system. It's never out of the way. Mostly out of our systems for now. <laughs> the band Sleep have uh, a 12-inch vinyl release of their recent Adult Swim singles track Leagues Beneath, planned for August 24th, through Third Man Records. The song was first released as part of the Aformation Singles program and does not appear on the band's surprise album The Sciences, which hit stores on April 20th. <clears throat> The title track will appear on the A-side with an etching of a, quote, tentacled aquanaut nightmare gracing the B-side. Okay. The record will be available on both limited edition uh, aquamarine vinyl and standard black vinyl. Are we talking about octopi again? Because I'm still very much deathly afraid of octopi. Really? I... <laughs> uh, they're creepy as shit. Yes, they're creepy I get as it. shit, dude. Well, the Williams is creepy shit. Even when, even when they're voiced by by fucking John Malkovich, Al Bundy. Oh, oh, that one too. <laughs> yeah, that one. Too. I was thinking about the octopus from the Penguins of Madagascar movie. I, I haven't seen that, but that probably sounds like John Malkovich is a creepy motherfucker. Yeah. Like yeah. in real life, he is creepy. He he seems very, very, very scary. I walked past him once on the streets of New Orleans, and he was not happy looking. He didn't seem very happy in life. <laughs> Have you seen the movie Red? Just that explains I've everything. Saw, I've seen part of it, and he didn't seem very happy. But then again, he was also next to Bruce Willis, who, yeah. who hasn't seemed very, very animated <laughs> in about a decade and a half. All right. Here we go. Generation Axe, which is the touring guitar hero collective. Yeah, I was going to say. That features Steve Vai. Zach Wilde, Ingve Malmsteen, your new god, <clears throat> Nuno Benincourt from Extreme, and oh, Tassin Abassi from Animals and Leaders will release a new live album titled "The Guitars That Destroyed the World Live in Asia" on fucking, October fifth. Fucking great album title because it makes so much sense. <laughs> As implied by the title, the album will feature live performances captured during their previous tour in Asia. You can pre-order that effort now over at Pledge Music. Generation X will be touring North America once again this fall, commencing in November. I don't think I, 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 I Nuno Betancourt doesn't get enough credit. Well, I, I have to agree with you because, you know, the, of course, I was not into extreme when they were popular. No, no, I went out and I bought porno graffiti last year. We're we're talking like twenty years too late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and but, but, but even holy. Fuck is that a great record? Like it's it's very Van Halen, yeah. Which which makes a yeah. lot of sense for Gary Sharon going to front Van Halen yeah. later on. But like even so, like Nuno Betancourt is a phenomenal fucking guitar player, and I don't feel like he gets enough credit. Well, to share the stage with those guys, you have to be. Yes, absolutely. You I'm, have to be. You can't, if you don't have chops to be up there, you're not gonna be up there. No, no. But but that that, that sounds. Like in all, like, like a phenomenal live record. Yeah. So I I, I remember the G three tours that used to happen yeah. a lot. I have one of the I have one of those records. I have one of them too. I think it's the one with Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, and I want to say John Petrucci. I had the one with Malmsteen. Oh, well, those are always great records. Yeah. The jams at the end are always fantastic. So you can only imagine with those five very. Different styles of playing can do together. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Max Cavalera has confirmed to Metal Underground that Killer Be Killed has begun the songwriting process for his second album, tentatively due next year. 
He is quoted as saying, we have already demoed for it. We got 10 songs out of it. He said it came out fantastic. Troy Sanders, who is from um, Macedon, is more involved, which is what he wanted from the beginning. This is Max. So that's going to be great. The supergroup is comprised of Cavalera, Troy Sanders of Macedon, Greg Pursuto of Dillinger Escape Plan, and drummer Ben Kohler, who has been in Converge, All Pigs Must Die, and Mutoid Man. And they released their self-titled debut album in 2014 via uh, Nuclear Blast Records, and it's phenomenal. I do recall that album coming out, um, but I didn't hear any of it. It's really good. Okay. The, the thing I like the most about it is that they have so many different vocalists, and they each take a turn doing different um, parts. Uh, I'd imagine because, because the vocalist for the band is the vocalist from Dillinger Escape Plan, correct? No, it's... It, well, he is the, the the vocalist from Dillinger Escape Plan, but the thing is, Troy Sanders is also the, the vocalist from Mastodon, and Max Cavalera, of course, from Sepultura. Yeah, that's, Soulfly, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. The though, combination like... of those three voices is really good. Yeah, that, that, like, that's what I was. You get a different feel from each vocalist, and you can tell when, when each vocalist is singing, and it's it's just really good. That, that's, that's that's kind of what I was getting at is, yeah. is, that, is that they have multiple people who are who are singers in their own right from mm-hmm. different bands not just you know like hey I play this but I'm also going to try my hand this like, like, no they're known for being singers they're yeah. known for being vocalists let's not say singers let's say vocalists yes true let's uh, but they're known for being vocalists in their respective bands and <clears throat> they they come out with this project with other it's it's the same way that I would I would have treated the Northern Kings now right and, you know, like like back like back in the time, I was I was ecstatic about about the project. But like even now, knowing the the backgrounds of every every singer, it's like holy crap! There's four different singers here, and they're all amazing. Yeah, you know, so, so it's like it's like that. All right, silent Civil- silent civilian have shared a tease of new material that they have in the works for their next album. I didn't get a chance to listen to it, but the band, who is fronted by ex-Spineshank Spineshank vocalist Johnny Santos, have launched a $20,000 GoFundMe campaign to help fund their new, uh, first new record in nearly a decade, as well as embark on a tour behind it. We will talk about that when we go to crowdfunding. It's actually not a terrible amount. And the funny thing is, well, not the funny thing is, but we talked about Silent Civilian, I think it was earlier this year or late last year, that they were starting to... to pick up steam mm-hmm. again yeah. and like they said this is their first recording in almost a decade yeah. and I was a big fan of their first two records that are out I, I thought they were fucking great mm-hmm. so I'm, I would look forward to any kind of new music from them okay alright next up The Dark Element which is the new project featuring former Nightwish vocalist Annette uh, Olsen and Finnish guitarist and songwriter Yanni they are about to commence pre-production for its second album Annette wrote on her Facebook page next weekend I go into the studio to start demoing records, uh, demo recordings for our new The Dark Element album and just want to say Yanni has done it again she's super excited their self-titled debut album was released last November via Frontiers Music I actually um, for the Nightwish video are you going to be involved in that? I would like to be when is it when are we planning on that well i was hoping to record it as soon as possible because it's i wanted to have it out next week but oh <laughs> yeah um oh. well we we can we can put it off for a little bit but um maybe give me until like maybe the next podcast i should okay. be able to do something but i was gonna I, i've been 
I, I, li I listened to the older stuff first, um, which, by the way, I did not realize how good a lot of the older Nightwish stuff was. Yeah. Oceanborn is a fucking amazing album. I just um, I love Tarya as a singer. When I I I love Marco as everything, um, but I feel like his his point of entering the band is when they went more commercial, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but Oceanborn was pre Marco, and that was one of the, like the heaviest things they've ever released. It's it's so good. Um, I just started listening to Dark Passion Play today um, because I haven't given that album or Imaginarum a fair listen since their release. I fell in love with Dark Passion Play. Mm. There was that was just a re I thought it was a really good record. Mm -hmm. The next one, Imaginarium, just has too much going on. Well, it's it's story driven. So. I know, but the thing is, like, there's it's, there's no uh, continuity in it. Mm -hmm. There's too many there's too many styles to really grab you and and keep you engaged because mm -hmm. they're going in one direction, then they're immediately going in a different direction, and as soon as you get used to that, they switch things up again, which in some places would be great, but for a second album with a new singer, that was just not the way to go. Gotcha. Especially like considering that the no one seemed to really like her, and I thought yeah. she was actually okay. And she, I mean, she was she was stark contrast to Taria. That yeah, was I was going to say she had she had big shoes to fill. Yeah, because because and her you had singing styles far different. You had Taria who who was a lot more of that operatic style, and then you had Annette who did do some of that for Dark Passion Play in particular at the start of the album. Um, but for the most part, sung in a style that was more... Let's, let's go for lack of a better term, poppy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is not bad because... <laughs> I only got through two songs because of the fact that the first song is 14 fucking minutes long. Which is my favorite album uh, song on the album, actually. Um, of course. And then you go into Bye Bye Beautiful, which I've heard a billion times. Yeah, this is just the catchiest goddamn song ever. Yeah, because the, the, that's, that's, the kind of, kind of, that, that's the pinnacle of what Nightwish has done since, I would say, Oceanborn. Like, like, since they started picking up their – since they started like hammering down their style – like uh, we'll say Wishmaster. Wishmaster was probably the start of yeah. the, the Nightwish style. And even the title track was the start of the Nightwish style. And Bye Bye Beautiful is pretty much exactly what the Nightwish style is. Um, so I, I would need to hear the rest of it. And, and it's kind of funny because like, the songs, like the, the album... The albums that, that got them most popular, I'm not as crazy about. Like, once, I listened to it, and I was like, I'm not keen on this. Like, Century Child was a far better album. You know, like, when, when, you know, if you if you want to sit here and talk pre, pre and post-Marco, post-Marco, with, with the band, like, Century Child so far is the best. Because it's, it's them treading new water... And having a good voice behind it, mm -hmm. beyond obviously the female vocalist, because they've always had 
good female vocalists in, in their helm. Um, but the male vocals have always suffered in some way, and the inclusion of Marco has made it far better. But since his arrival, Century Child has been the number one album, I think, yeah. personally. So... But we'll get more into that in the, in the video, and if yeah. you and if you want to be in that, then I, obviously I definitely try. Because I, I think I think we were we were planning to have the the guys in New York record this this past week, but they they didn't because they recorded for for Ghost. Okay. So I think they've still got time too. So. Okay. All right. Next up, Dan. This is my Christmas gift this year. Oh yeah. Opeth will release Garden of the Titans live at Red Rocks Amphitheater on November second via Motor Bullocket. Red Rock! All right, or Nuclear Blast Entertainment. The event was captured for the DVD slash Blu-ray and vinyl formats during the band's May 11th, 2017 performance at the Red Rocks Amphitheater in Denver, Colorado. Red Rock! Both the DVD and Blu-ray formats include CDs containing the audio as well. Um, yeah, I was going to say that that and um, the last album, Sorceress. I'll take, I'll take that as a gift. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Done deal. Yeah, because they. The funny thing is that with this news article, they also posted a video clip of not a clip, but the a whole video of the opening track of the album, and which was Sorceress. And my God, it sounds so good. Yeah, it sounds I, so fucking good. I think, I think the last time that I bought something live from Opeth was about the time that you got into the band, which was the live DVD. Um. Lamentations. Lamenta for Lamentations. Yeah. yeah. I picked up Roadhouse Recordings. Yeah. I that was that. really good too. Yeah, I remember we 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 went to go see them live. It was after Lamentations, but before Roadhouse Live. Yeah, because Roadhouse uh, included Ghost Reverie, so that was on. Yeah. Um, so we because like, yeah. So that was we saw them probably right as their touring cycle for Ghost Reveries. Yes, they could because I have a T-shirt for the album cover. Yeah. And I don't own that many Opeth t-shirts so <laughs> you own one more than I do I, yeah yeah it's actually a long sleeve which I, right now I'm wearing my, my Dio long sleeve which is one of my my favorite t-shirts of all time even though it's got a lot of holes in it <laughs> alright here's one for Pete when he gets back Pete because it's going to be on the charts forever Disturbed Pete. will release Pete. its new Pete. album Pete. Evolution on October 19th what? It's it's like nine days before the WWE's having their their all women pay per view evolution. Well, whatever. <laughs> Goofy. Well, I, I you know whatever. Anyway, Pete, 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 Pete. Bloodbaths' fifth full length album, The Arrow of Satan is drawn, is on course for a October twenty sixth release on Peaceville. That's a great album, buddy. right? Great album title. Yeah, like, you know what? We're done. So let's go home. <laughs> Devil Driver have announced that their first five studio albums will be reissued on CD and vinyl through the Echo label M uh, BMG on September 28th. Those al albums include Devil Driver, The Fury of Our Maker's Hand, The Last Kind Words, Pray for Villains, and Beast. Each of the releases has been remastered by Andy Pierce. With the limited edition vinyl copies being pressed on different colored splatter vinyl, revised liner notes have been uh, prepared by the band's frontman, Des Favara, Favara? Favara. Uh, for the reissues, and the deluxe CD versions of the album will feature bonus tracks. Woot. 
I'm okay with Devil Driver. I saw them live once years ago. I saw them live so long ago. Yeah, it was it was a long time ago. All right, Noise Wait. Records has announced the October 26th release of Halloween Starlight, oh. the Noise Records collection. It is a deluxe limited edition box set containing all the band's noise recordings from the long out of print EPs Halloween and Judas through their debut album Walls of Jericho to the masterpieces Keeper of the Seven Keys and Keeper of the Seven Keys Part 2 and a new revised version of The Best, The Rest, The Rare that covers all the obscure and rare tracks from the noise catalog. Three of these titles have long been out of print on vinyl, and all of them are now on color vinyl for the very first time. Uh, can, you, can you hear the rush of blood to my dick? I, I was um, going to say that you're, you're talking slower. Well, I guess, like, you know. Well, the thing is, I already have all that on CD, so I don't really care that much. And again, they, they keep emphasizing, oh, it's all out of print on vinyl. It's like, that's great. So, it's, so are a lot of other things at this point. Um,. I think the only thing that really seems cool about this is the best, the rest, and the rare. So, but even then, I think I think they released it on CD at some point. Yeah. So. All right. Well, next up, according to an Amazon listing, Anthrax's 30th anniversary edition of their 1988 album *State of Euphoria* will oh. be released on October 5th via Island Records. Who feels old? This guy. The band's drummer, Charlie Benanti, oversaw the new mastering job for the release, which will arrive in digital, two-CD, and vinyl formats. A bonus disc featuring the band's takes on Sex Pistols' Friggin' in the Riggin', Kiss's Parasite, and more, as well as previously unreleased outtakes of some of the album's tracks will be included. Expect more details soon. I can't... Because of... Um... I'm the man. I can't hear Charlie Benanti's name. Like in a serious light, it's like Charlie beats the beat the beat. I can't, I can't take it seriously. So, wow, it's a great song. What can I say? What can I say? Audiotopsy, the band featuring guitarist Greg Tribbett and drummer Matt McDonough of Mudvayne, scrape vocalist Billy Keaton, and bassist Perry Stern, will release its second full-length album, The Real Now, on November second via Megaforce Records. Well. Because Mudvayne hasn't done anything in the decade, and... which is unfortunate. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Well, now we we might see a re- reformation. We can only hope. I mean, I would hope it's a good thing. For I mean, it's for terrible reasons, but yeah. I hope it's a good thing. <sighs> I, I liked Mudvayne a lot, so I I I every single they had, I always enjoyed. I just, I really, I really just enjoyed them. They thought, I thought they were really good. Like Happy was a great yeah, choice. Yeah. All right, Marty Freeman released a new live album, "One Bad Motherfucker Live." Really? It's called "One Bad B uh, M F Live." What one B M F Live? Well, it's it's called "One Bad M F Live." Okay. But you know what he's what he's talking about on October nineteenth via. Uh, prosthetic records one bad motherfucker live was recorded at the final concert of freeman's most recent tour on april 14th at guitar fest 2018 which was held at centro cultural roberto cantoral in mexico city i'm, I'm glad you tried <laughs> I, uh, 
That's as good as I'm going to fucking get. Uh, you, you even put the accent in. Cultural. I mean, spectacular. Spectacular. I can't roll my R like that. Come on. Go. Um. No. I, I, I want to say though that he, he, he probably wanted to call it one bad motherfucker, but, but he was, he was lawfully stopped <laughs> by Samuel L. Jackson. It's true. It's true. And the album cover is a picture of the wallet. <laughs> it's the one that says bad motherfucker I have that wallet you do I you do, do. I, I, I do recall that yes it's actually a movie that I need to watch again soon it's called so. fiction yeah fuck yeah dude that's a great movie every once in a while I come come and watch it and it's just like wow this is just the most amazing thing I've I'm, I remember the first time I, I saw it was your VHS copy of it I don't doubt that at all yeah um <clears throat> And I had the I had the same response to it that I did for the 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 Boondock Saints, which was first time around, I didn't get it, but then like the third the, the second and third time around, I was like, yeah, this fucking movie rocks. <laughs> Pork chops taste good, bacon tastes good. Yeah, and like and this is back when we had the VHS. TV. <laughs> right there, you asshole. <laughs> you an old motherfucker. You know that. I, I still have I still have VHS tapes that I haven't replaced on DVD yet. Okay, they're me right too, over there. Me too. Me but, too. But I remember borrowing it from you, and I still had the TV that had the VHS built into it. Oh. And I remember watching that, reorganizing my room yet again because that's what I did when I was a kid, which was constantly reorganize my room and watch Pulp Fiction because of your VHS copy that I stole. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah, yeah, it was good. All right, last but not least here for recording news is KMFDM have a new live album titled Live in the USSA, headed for an October 26th release date on Ear Music. The performances of the songs featured on it were captured live during the band's late 2017 U.S. tour. Jesus, I didn't even realize they had a U.S. tour in 2017. I missed it, too. That, that's a band I need to see live. Um, but now that we're done with recording news, um, I'm going to mention my thing, which um, the Electric Castle ah. is 20 years old as of this year. Holy fuck. Yeah. Wow. Um, and Who's feeling old now? Yeah, I know, right? Well, I, I'm, I'm still feeling pretty spry <laughs> despite this one. Um, but the release, the, the re-release of it is going to be in in earbook like usual, like Arian's been doing for years, um, but it's gonna be like three discs and like two vinyl records and like it cost me a hundred and twenty five dollars. Oh my I've, god! I have never spent that much for anything in my collection ever, no matter what it is. Like prior to that, my most expensive thing was a forty dollar CD single. This takes the taco. Yeah, this way surpasses that, and this is why I I save money like like I put money aside on a daily basis, but like a hundred and twenty five after shipping, like this thing is monumental, and it's like the super special edition that comes with like you know like a little miniature replication of the fucking. 
Electric Castle. Castle. That's like, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So like you know, like, like shit like that. I'm like, yeah, I want that. I want all of that. Give me all of it. Um, but that's coming out in November. Um, and I already pre-ordered my copy of it. Um, I have to, I have to give it a big hand to Arian for being as anti-internet and whatnot, anti, um, information age as he may be. Uh-huh. He does these album releases, like, perfectly. Because he's always got something, like, you know... Like here comes the new album, and I'm gonna have it in like six different ways, and whatever album, whatever um, record company I'm I'm with, I think he's with Mascot now. But like they have all these cool shit, and like he's always got deals for the fans, and it's always stuff that's signed and whatnot. And it's like, dude, you may hate this, but you're doing it right. You're doing it very, very, very right. <laughs> Like you, you're you're sitting there and you're just, for lack of better terms here, you're titillating those nerds, those nerds, <laughs> titillating just those nerds, fondling the balls, <laughs> working the shaft. There is a lot of He's shaft working going. Gravy. That's right. There is a lot. There was a lot of white gravy going on around Ooh. here. All right. All right. Are Let's you ready on. to move on? All right. We're into. Uh, crowdfunding tracker here. Okay. And so you... we mentioned earlier about um, Striper guitarist Oz Fox. He suffered a seizure, and I'm sure he's got huge amount of bills coming his way. Um, his goal on uh, GoFundMe was one hundred thousand dollars. Damn. Well, he has surpassed that I'm in eleven surprised. days. He has raised one hundred thirty-two thousand um, dollars. So he surpassed his goal. Let's well, see. Look, there might be an update here. Well, I don't know when you checked it. So I just checked it just now. Okay. I always refresh. Oh. I'm just hearing the update of of how he's doing. Well, I would hope he's doing better if he's... Okay, we went to the doctor yesterday. Here's what we found out. The EEG on his brains. Uh, to see activity. There will be a possibility of reducing meds so he can function better if activity looks good. Scan test on inner brain. Oh, this is what the doctor wants. Okay. 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 All right. Hold on. Whatever. We're we'll update it as we get more information as we go along. But from what I understand, he is still very much sick, and they are looking at options of doing less medication and just trying to get him to be better. But he has met his goal, so yes. that's always possible. All right. Uh, last time we mentioned that. Uh, Bianca, oh my God, what's her last name? I don't know. Oh, Blythe, because it's it's Randy Blythe from Lamb of God's, his sister-in-law, yes. Bianca Blythe. She has uh, that ridiculous stage three triple negative breast cancer. Oh yeah, I remember that. That yeah. was that was her goal was twenty thousand dollars, and she has surpassed her goal this month with twenty thousand three hundred and five dollars. That's good. Yes. All right. We have mentioned Silent Civilians um, crowdfunding um, efforts here. They want to try and raise $20,000, and so far in one month they have raised $2,180. You know, they're they're getting um, donations every couple days. You know, I I don't know if they were that popular to kind of raise that kind of money, so good luck on them. 
We'll post it on our page, of course. Of course. Uh, there's one more here that I have, but we will talk about that later because it goes into uh, the one-offs section okay. of shows. All right. So then what's next? Concert news. Okay. All right. Festivals. Judas Priest will headline the first ever Colombian edition of Knotfest on October 26th. Let's all recall that Judas Priest is currently celebrating their 50th anniversary. 50th anniversary. Oh, fuck. The festival building is shaping up as follows with Judas Priest, Halloween, Creator, Arch Enemy, Massacre, Kill Crops, Under Threat, Iron Reagan, right. Goat Whore, Revocation, and Pitbull. Stop recording. What? What? I don't think it's that guy. Okay. <laughs> what I was going Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> what I was going to say prior to that point was stop recording. We're gonna go buy our tickets now because holy shit, that seems like the best fucking show on the planet. Next, uh, yeah, it's in October Pitbull. in Bogota. Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide. I, I, I thought you threw that in there just to throw me off. <laughs> no, it says it right there. Copy and paste, motherfucker. Pitbull. Pitbull. Mr. Worldwide. I'm just now thinking of Chappelle's show. I got nothing. Oh, there, there's the, um, the player hit his ball. Oh. And, and one of the guys is Pitbull. Wow. <laughs> All right. We ready for some touring news, regular touring uh, news I'm, here? I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh. I mean, after he threw me off with the Pitbull yeah. thing, I don't know if I'm ready or not. Oh, well, here you go. Whitechapel will head out on the road again this November and December. The 10 Years of Exile USA tour commemorating the 10th anniversary of This Is Exile will feature support from Chelsea Grin, Oshino, and Slaughter to Prevail. Whitechapel will perform This Is Exile in its entirety plus a selection of other songs. It will be the band's last run of shows before it returns to the studio to finish recording its upcoming album due out spring 2019 via Metal Blade Records. I don't know, really know enough about Whitechapel, so I can't say much here. Oh, just a band with a fantastic name here, Goat Whore. We'll headline the eighth installment of the Metal Alliance Tour. Each year, this touring festival, which is presented by hot sauce company High River Sauces, assembles a package that celebrates the various genres of metal. The Metal Alliance Tour will make the trek across the United States and Canada starting on Halloween at Goat Whore's hometown of New Orleans and continue through November. Joining the tour are The Casualties, Black Tusk, Great American Ghost, and opening the tour will be split between um, Mother Eon on October 31st to November 17th and Gozu on November 18th through November 30th. There is a San Antonio date here on November 3rd at the Alamo City Music Hall. Cool. Yeah. I mean, never heard of those opening bands, but yeah. cool. Fun is fun. Cool. Every Time I Die have announced their headlining celebrating 20 years of Bullshit Tour, is which will find them out with Turnstile, Angel Dust, and Vane. There is a San Antonio date here on November 27th at the Paper Tiger. Those all sound like tribute bands to Faith No More. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just wanted a tribute band called Jizz Lover. Oh, dude, that'd be the best band ever. <laughs> right? Like, even if it's not a tribute band, it's just a band. Jizz Lover. <laughs> Jizz Lover. That'd be the greatest. And all they do is record porn music. Yes! <laughs> that is all they do. That's the name. When, when I record my, my short check version of, of Separate Ways, that's the name of the band. It's just Lover. 
I Hate God and The Obsessed will be playing some shows together next month, just nowhere near us. Oh, yeah. Aren't, aren't they, like, New Orleans-based? Pretty much, yeah. Punk ass motherfucker. All right. Soil Work have an Australian tour booked for March. The band apparently expect to have their new album out around the same time for the tour as the Ad Mat Ad Mat for the trek specifies they will be touring on it. Ad Mat. I don't know what that particularly means. I I would assume it's it's kind of like a probably a press release. Or I, a press I, I I was gonna say like promotional material. Advertising material. Probably. Yeah, that's that's my assumption. I mean, it's it's about that time because it's it's been a while. It's been two years since, since right the, the Ride Majestic. Majestic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw I them mean, what two years ago. Yeah, I mean we we reported on their their album in one of our top threes about two years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's about that time you guys come out with the new one. Yep. <laughs> come Get on, on that shit, motherfuckers! Yeah, come on. yeah, you follow us. All right, Parkway Drive, Killswitch Engage, and Die Art is Murder have announced another leg of touring together. In addition to hitting Australia together in October and November, the three bands will be touring Europe and the UK early in the new year. Woot. This year, Trans-Siberian Orchestra will celebrate their 20th consecutive year of touring. Can you stop with these rounded numbers that are sounding so old? As the winter tour dates have arrived. Winter is, has come, you motherfuckers. The group announced the ghost of Christmas Eve Which... will kick off on November 14th and conclude on December 30th. This run will consist of over 100 performances as they will perform TSO's Best Of and More. San Antonio date here, December 23rd at the AT&T Center. That sounds Two right. shows. Yeah, that sounds right. Afternoon and evening show. Um, I just want to say that, that their show is awesome and it scared the piss out of me because fire well no no no, no. <laughs> aside from fire um they had um elevating um stage riser thing yeah yeah and 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 they they took the guitar players up on them and i was like um you would have to pay me a lot of fucking money to get on that shit yeah i'm, I'm afraid of heights too it's yeah a, that looks like rickety as shit yeah yeah um i don't need to i don't need to fall down on top of i think the people. same thing every time i see slipknot because the, the the percussionist their percussion gear goes up and spins around up on those things uh, all the time i i would say the same for tommy lee if he actually you know did a solo during his well, solo or or that or the time we saw kiss and, and paul stanley kind of ziplined into the middle of the crowd that one time for that one song yeah that was a good song i still love you fresh off their european tour with iron maiden Killswitch Engage have announced the rescheduled dates for their spring 2018 tour. The band was forced to postpone a handful of dates back in late April and early May due to singer Jesse Leach undergoing vocal cord surgery. The band will play makeup shows in the four markets, Sayreville, Poughkeepsie, Cleveland, and Louisville. Killswitch Engage has also added six new shows to the trek, which runs from late November through early December. Joining Killswitch Engage on this short tour, short but impactful slate of dates are born of... Um, Osiris, Crowbar, and Death Ray Vision. I would see that show just for Crowbar and Kills with Engage. Um, there's a band called Death Ray Vision. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't aware. Death Ray Vision. Death Ray. <laughs> Anything having to do with Death Ray is awesome. All right. Power Man 5000. Yes! <laughs> 
have backed out of what? their planned stint on this year's inaugural Summer of Screams tour. What? The band were due to join that trek, which also features Mushroom Head, The Browning, Psycho Stick, Kissing Candace, and more from September 2nd to the 15th. The tour organizers commented, unfortunately, we must announce that due to medical reasons, Power Man 5000 will not be able to perform on the Summer of Screams tour. Upon return from their recent tour, Power Man 5000 vocalist Spider One was advised to not sing until further notice by his doctor. We apologize for this, but the show will go on. Mushroom Head, The Browning, Kissing Candace, and Unsaid Fate will serve as the primary lineup for the tour with artists due to perform on select legs of the tour. Well, it doesn't affect me, so I'm okay with this, but I mean, as long as they're actually, you know, not, as long as they're actually listening to the doctor's wishes and not yeah. just performing like some folks do, I can do what I want. I, don't, I can do what I want. I'm a bad my hot body. <laughs> my body. <laughs> um... That being said, though, every time I've seen Power Man 5000, they've been amazing. So if they are holding off to put on a better show, then I'm okay with that. I was going to say, if you guys have not heard Dan just suck the dick of some Power Man 5000, the, there, is, there has you been, have, there have been, been missing a, out. <laughs> there have been a lot of biscuits and gravy on this show. <laughs> we all have that band that we just absolutely just Johnson. Oh. <laughs> and that for Power Man 5000, Dan goes all in. <laughs> Something about Goblin Cock. <laughs> Jizz Lover. Skeet, 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 skeet. Carry on. <laughs> Into one offs here. Okay, here we go. Though he has recently been undergoing some rather brutal-sounding side effects from the treatments for his esophageal cancer, Warbeast frontman Bruce Corbett expects to return to the stage with the band in October for a headlining appearance at the Vulgar Fest. Are we we talking about throat cancer? Esophageal, yes. Esophageal. Esophageal, thank you. Yes. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Vulgar Fest! Vulgar Fest. It sounds All right, that event will be held at the Rail Club in Fort Worth, Texas on October 20th with Corbett set to perform the entire set, marking the band's first full show in 18 months. Fuck. Corbett had initially stepped down from the group to focus on his cancer battle. In addition to that, the group are also apparently planning to record a new EP. You can help out with this, um, his continued medical bills over at fundraiser.com. While initial treatments were unsuccessful, Corbett has shown big signs of improvement since being selected for a clinical trial earlier this year. So we are talking about his medical expenses. So far, there is no goal. Oh, no, he has a $50,000 goal, and he has raised 13310 so far. Uh, unfortunately, this one is a little slower because this fundraiser has been running for 65 weeks. I mean, this is the first I'm hearing about it. So. I think we've mentioned his illness a lot. We, we have, ago. yes, yes. I don't think the fundraiser might – maybe we mentioned the fundraiser a long time ago because I recognize the picture and this particular screen, but we probably did not follow up with it. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Well, either way, that's still, still a good amount of money. 
but n- not enough yet. So contribute. Uh, there's there's still some contri- contributions here. We have a five days ago, a week ago, a couple of week ago, two weeks ago. Like it's it's just a slow build. Yeah. Especially with a fifty thousand dollar goal. Yeah, that's that that's quite a bit. All right. Next up on the one-offs here, Aerosmith performed on the Thursday, August 16th episode of The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. Their appearance on the program came one day after they unveiled their first details of the upcoming Las Vegas residency on The Today Show. Also, during this course of time, they performed at the MTV VMAs, Video Music Awards, with Post Malone. Wait, MTV is still a thing? Allegedly, they're still a thing. But the funniest thing I, I saw about the VMAs this year was that not only like people in our generation, but just about everybody on Twitter was like, who the fuck are these people? And they only have like some real like remnants performing. Aerosmith, apparently J-Lo performed. Apparently, she's still a thing. Well, I mean, like, I know that, like, she's she's taken a backseat for, 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 like, family reasons and whatnot. I didn't even know she was, like, still doing much of anything. Apparently, she's still doing shit. Like, like even acting-wise, I thought she, she took, like, all of her time off and just, you know, took care of her kids. I got nothing. Oh, shit. Well, again, a lot of the consensus is on these, on a lot of people on the red carpet, like, who are these people? Why are they relevant? So that, that's how I feel about a lot of MTV, which is why I'm wondering. Like, holy crap, MTV is still legitimately still still a thing. Like, even the VMAs, I forgot that was a thing. Yeah, I remember when the VMAs were were the big thing. Like, because it always happened right at the end of August, right before school started. And the one I remember the most, of course, was when Marilyn Manson performed "The Beautiful People" with his assless pants. <laughs> that was like the biggest deal for like the longest time. Yeah, but nowadays assless pants are like the norm. Yeah, I know. I mean, this is back in the day when, you know, he was a shock rocker, not like, you know, falling flat on his face and Rory's are worried about hard help. You know? So, 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 do we pick him up or do we just, do we just let it go? <laughs> you, you, me, the, you, me, you. <laughs> did you just see that? Did, did you just see what? It, uh, all right, all right. Who, who had face down in the first 20 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> you lost the bet. You get to pick him up. They're just sitting backstage at the roadies like, oh, shit. And they're picking him up. Come on, Brian. Let's go. He's Maryland. No, it's not, Brian. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you were on the Wonder Years? I wasn't on the Wonder Years. <laughs> Man, that was a great show. I wonder what Fred Savage is doing nowadays. <laughs> the last thing I saw Fred Savage do was the fucking. Wizard. No, I was gonna say, I was gonna say Austin Powers three. <laughs> more, 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 more. He was making the guacamole. Okay, before we get too far into this, it's not even that good of a joke. More. I love Cole. That was not a good movie. No, it wasn't. No. And it's no. the only one I have on DVD. I'm so mad. <sighs> Michael Caine. Oh, poor Michael Caine. Michael Caine? That's, 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 he's not Michael Caine. He's Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
As Alice in Chains geared up for its release of their new album, Rainier Fog, the band performed a historic August 21st performance with Sirius XM Radio atop Seattle's iconic Space Needle. Okay. The quartet was the first band ever to perform on the Space Needle's brand new The Loop, the world's first and only revolving glass floor located 500 feet in the air. That's badass as fuck. It's powered by 12 motors and offers 360-degree views over the largest city in the Pacific Northwest. Suck it, everyone. The Space Needle has been a defining landmark of Seattle's skyline since 1962, and the Loop is part of its recent $100 million renovation. Sirius, Sirius XM will broadcast this acoustic performance exclusively on Friday, August 31st at 5 p.m. Eastern and Pacific Time via satellite through the Sirius XM app on smartphones and other connected devices, as well as online at SiriusXM.com. Do they say how long it is? No. And I'll say, like, if they did, like, a full-on unplug thing, holy shit, that'd be awesome. Right. Um, I just want to say, though, like, the, the name of the new album's a little bit disturbing um because i think of it's it's called rainier fog yeah my first thought is rainier wolf castle which is the name of the big arnold schwarzenegger guy from the simpsons <laughs> that's everything, all i think of everything goes back to the simpsons it does it does everything everything goes back to the simpsons wow <laughs> rainier wolf castle wow okay <laughs> before we get started here I think we're just going to go through the charts and probably just skip the discussion. We've been on this for like two hours. Yeah, already. we have. So, all right. So, we'll just get through charts and then we'll pick up discussions next time. Okay. All right. All right. So, next up, we got heavy metal in the charts. If there is any. Well, that's up for debate here. Uh, but first up with some noteworthy points here. The runaway success of Bad Wolves' cover of the Cranberries' Zombie continues with the track having now officially gone platinum in the United States. Woot. The RIAA officially certified the track Platinum in the United States on August 8th. It previously went gold on June 20th. As of press time, the song has racked up 46,440,462 streams on Spotify. Fuck. While their official YouTube music video has chalked up, get this, 122,764,541 views. Jesus Fucking Christ. An additional official audio stream of the track on YouTube has clocked in over 9 million views as well. Jeez. Bad Wolves had originally planned to have late Cranberries frontwoman Dolores O'Reardon <laughs> guest on the cover. However, she passed away on the day she was due to enter the studio to record her parts. In turn, Bad Wolves have been donating proceeds from the track to her family. Um... Then fuck yeah, that's that's yeah. great that it's been so heavily viewed. Um, I actually haven't heard it yet, so I'm. I might, haven't heard it yet either. I so. might have to listen to it after you leave. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm. I'm. If it's that popular, like I, I really just need to hear it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's not much that, more to say about that. Yeah, there's really that, not that, much that, more you can say of, about that. that. That's that's actually surprisingly awesome. Yeah. So. I mean, when was the last time you heard about a? Uh, I mean, this is a. A single, but when was the last time you heard about a hard rock heavy metal album slash single going platinum by it, a, it, a new band? Yeah, but from I was gonna say from a band that you've 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 rarely heard of, if at all heard of, 
And yeah. I mean, granted, it's a cover, but still. But I mean, yeah, even even so, bands still cover bands all the time. But like this is like even a matter of 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 good timing as as coinciding with the death of the singer. Like that, this sounds almost like what's the word I'm thinking of? Providence. No, uh, <laughs> I, I was gonna say it doesn't. It doesn't even sound necessarily normal. So I'm hoping that it's as good as the the um, the original. Yeah, well, the original is great. So. Yeah, but I mean that that's that's a staggering amount. Yeah, I mean 122 million views on YouTube. Yeah, I mean I I can't even get past like a hundred. On, I mean, the thing is, even some of the, like the more popular artists don't get that many. Views. No, they don't. Uh, like it's it's a staggering amount yeah. for again for an artist that is that is widely unknown. And and the thing is, like it's a very known song. So the the, ba- the f- fans of the Cranberries probably listen to the song. Fans of God forbid are listening to the song because Doc Coyle's in the band. But even then, it's like that still doesn't account for 122 million. I know. Million. The thing is, then also because because it is a it wasn't a heavy metal song. It, it was a crossover song. It was an alternative song. It has more crossover appeal that we've talked about multiple times on this podcast. You just love slinging around that. I'm sorry, but, you know, when when you talk about – we're going to talk about this eventually when we have our future discussion about who's going to be the next big metal band. Yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. You can't just cater to heavy metal fans. You have to cater to everybody at a cert- to a certain extent. Yeah. And that's where crossover comes into. So, I mean, there it is. And this is just kind of proof of that. I mean, I, I don't know what the rest of the, the, the band sounds like. I can only hope that they sound a little bit like Lamb of God because Doc Coyle's in it and Lamb, Lamb of God, God is in the shit. God forbid. Not God forbid, sorry. God yeah. forbid. Yeah. Or Lamb of God. If they sounded like Lamb of God, that wouldn't be a problem either. No, so. no, no, no. <laughs> Although I, I think... I, th- I always found that God forbid had a little bit more melody melody in their guitar play in their guitar work. Mm-hmm. Like Lamb of God is more groove based and more riff oriented. I think. Yeah. All right, anyway, some more no- noteworthy points here. During the week of uh, of August thirteenth, Rats, which is the latest single from Ghost, entered its seventh consecutive week at the number one song on the mainstream rock songs chart, becoming the longest running track to top that chart this year. Uh, released this uh, past spring, Rats has already ac- accumulated more than 25 million streams worldwide, which is significantly lower than the streams that we were just talking about for the previous song. And the uh, uh, companion video uh, has logged more than 11 million views. It is the band's second number one following Squarehammer, which topped the chart for two weeks in January and February of 2017. Two other Ghost songs previously, previously made it to the mainstream rock chart, uh, Cersei, uh, at number four in 2015, and from the pinnacle to the pit at number five in 2016. Now, what's the name of the song? Cersei. No, the 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 the, the current one. Oh, rats! Oh, rats! <laughs> <laughs> one of the uh, best parts of that song is, 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 is the is actually one of the best parts rats. of the album because because he trills it during um trills during "See the Light," I believe. Drink me. <laughs> yes, it's, it's it's like yes. It's so I love perfect. the the R, the R rolling. Yeah, is the, the, the the trilling is is beautiful. All rats, right. Rats, rats, rats. Well, that was from 
August 13th, but the following week, week of August 20th, according to Billboard, Hailstorm's Uncomfortable has landed at the top of Billboard's Mainstream Rock Songs airplay chart. It's the band's fourth number one, and it ties Hailstorm, uh, ties Hailstorm with The Pretty Reckless for the most chart toppers by a female-fronted act. I was going to say, who the fuck is The Pretty Reckless? Oh, what's her name? I don't know, but she was an actress, and then she started the band The Pretty Reckless. Okay. You... Something Mumson? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I'm going to... Hold on. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll follow up next time. All right. Anyway, we'll follow up next time. Um, it's also the first number one by a woman or woman-led act on mainstream rock radio songs since The Pretty Reckless made it to the top with Take Me Down in November of 2016. Hellstorm's previous number one songs are Freak Like Me, Apocalyptic, and Amen. I'm not surprised, honestly, because Hailstorm has had that that kind of has their their record going. So I'm not at all surprised that they are they are topping charts with, yeah. the, with the release of the new album and everything. So no surprise. Uh, yeah, no surprises here. No. All right, going on to the Billboard Top 200, and this time what I did is I just went with albums. I skipped over all the greatest hits. Good. Because there's like a billion of them. Yeah, because that's what a majority of it is. So I went with just full, regular albums. All right, so I had to go all the way to 104 for the Man, first just one. stop now. All right, and that, that album was Five Finger Death Punch and Justice for None. Pete, Pete, Pete. It is down to 104 from 93. The next album that even has a remote connection to us would be The Appetite for Destruction at 113, down from 98. Next up would be the Black Album, which is at 123 from 129. Dave Grohl has released an EP called Play, and it debuts at number 124. This one's interesting uh, because, from what I understand, it's a short documentary okay. where Dave Grohl plays all the instruments on a 23-minute-long song. And I haven't seen it yet. I haven't heard it yet. And it's like one of those things where I was just like, I would really like to. This is the part where Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl's Dave Grohl. <laughs> He's, you can't outgrow Dave Grohl. Only Dave Grohl can out Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl. <laughs> exactly. How dare you try to out Dave Grohl, Dave In all seriousness, no, we, we, we do love Dave Grohl. I, no, like seriously, Foo Fighters is one of the best rock and roll bands out there right now, and but, Dave Grohl is a phenomenal songwriter and frontman. But don't you dare out Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl. Don't you even attempt to out Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl. I just like to say his name, Grohl. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe chill some R's. Oh, we're just gonna out mac ourselves right now. <laughs> the Macs are out macking themselves. Oh my god! Because we just like to kill things and drive them into the ground. All right, hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. Back in black is at 129 from 126. And the last remaining album that even remotely pertains to heavy metal or hard rock here is Hybrid Theory at 162 from 157. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's not exactly a good time. It's not even like, not even anything worthwhile in the top 100? No. 
No. Not even Pitbull. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> All right. We're going to finish off the evening here with the top 25 hard rock albums of the week. Okay, don't let me down. Number 25, back on the charts. Thank you by Stone Temple Pilots. What? I believe that is a greatest hits. It, it, it is a greatest hits. I have it. Yeah. But what? Right? <laughs> random. Just random. Number 24 is Zeppelin 4. Okay. Number 23, Attention, Attention by Shinedown. Okay, go away. 22, All the Right Reasons by Nickelback. I'm okay with that. All right. Number 21, When Legends Rise by Godsmack. Which was, at, which was at 15 last week. <laughs> I was going to say that sounds like that sounds like a Ric Flair porno. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> Styling and profiling. <laughs> okay, you ready? Yeah. Alright, Hellstorm's new album Vicious is down to number 20 from 5 last week. Damn. And 1 the previous week. Oh, wow. Aerosmith's Greatest Hits is at number 19. Linkin Park Midiara is at number 18. Bad Wolves album Disobey is at number 17. Oh, there's your 122 million yep. views. Three Doors Down Greatest Hits is at number 16. But you still don't beat Three Doors Down! <laughs> Def Leppard's Greatest Hits from 1980 you to 1980. You still don't beat Def Leppard! <laughs> is at number 15. Jesus fucking They're Christ! They're actually on the rise. They're on what the rise. Def Leppard was at number 17 last week. What do you have to do to beat Def Leppard? I don't know. Ask... Ask the 45,000 people that saw them at Coors Field. Jesus fucking Christ. Pearl Jam 10 is a, a, new, a re-entry. Hasn't been on the charts in a while. At number 14. Damn. Right? Yeah. Greta Van Fleet from The Fires is at number 13. Foo Fires Greatest Hits at number 12. Out Dave Grohling, Dave Grohl. <laughs> Okay, Bon Jovi's Greatest Hits is at number 11. <laughs> Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park is number 10. Mothership by Led Zeppelin is number 9. Oh, that band we were just mentioning, Era, E-R-R-A, who's touring with uh, As I Lay Dying, they have a new album out called Neon. It debuts at number 8. Damn. Right? Not bad. Back in Black's at number 7. <laughs> Dave Grohl, uh, Dave Grohling, <laughs> Dave Grohl, with his Play EP is uh, the new album. Is out and it's debuting at number six here. Yeah, yeah, I did it. I said it. And I love the fact that the cover is just a picture of Dave Grohl. So he really is just Dave Grohling the shit out of this. It's, it's not even trolling anymore. It's Grohling. Yes, we are Grohling the shit out of this now. And it's totally Grohl. Okay. All right, you ready? Ready? All right, Black Album. Black Album here is at number five. Number five. Number four. It's Fire Finger Death Punch, a Decade of Destruction. Pete, 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 Pete. Number three is Appetite for Destruction. Decade of Destruction, Appetite for Destruction. Number two, Fire Finger Death Punch, a, and Justice for None. And which means at number one, Queen. Yeah! Greatest hits, baby. Yes! 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 Do 
Take that, Dave Grohl. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dan is finally here for when Queen takes the top spot That's right. on the Hard Rock Albums that is, chart. That is right. Queen is the number one band, the number one rock band of all time. And that is how we must end our show That today. is how we're ending our show. You know what? Even if we had a discussion, I would end the show there. Just because that is the highlight because of we, Dan's we, day. Yeah, we need we need to go out on a high note. We've had a lot of we had a downers. lot of downers. This yeah. this podcast started with about forty five minutes of what the fuck. Yeah, yeah. You 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 brought you brought down the whole thing, and then we lifted it up with a lot of Dave Grohl. Out <laughs> <laughs> Dave Grohl and Dave Grohl. <laughs> Dave Grohl. <laughs> Dave Grohlin, 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 son of a bitch, Rawhide, <laughs> Roadhouse. <laughs> okay, before this gets any worse, let's just, fighters. <laughs> let's just fighting them foo. Let's just end this now. And on that note, we must make our curtain call because Warrior needs food badly. No, no, we're done. We're going to just, 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 just stop. We don't need an outro for this episode. This has been totally grolled. We're done. We're, you've, you've all been grolled. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>